the Broadway musical, a staple in American culture. And sometimes those musicals, which have their humble beginnings on a stage, find their way to the glitz and glam of Hollywood. And sometimes the other way around. On this podcast, we discuss all of those movie musicals that have made our hearts sing, cringe, and cry. This is Stage Rant. And sync! Okay, let's hop into this one. Hello and welcome to Stage Rant, your favorite podcast where two dudes, both equally secure in their masculinity and sexuality, talk about the biggest shows that made their way from the big stage to the small screen. Each week, myself, Adam, a man who thinks Hamilton is a decent show and is a pretty important milestone in Broadway history, discuss the history of a movie musical with... Joe, a man who does not believe any of the opinions that Adam has just shared about Hamilton. Uh, And as you can tell, I have a lot of pointed, strong opinions. Each week we uh, watch a movie, and we are sometimes joined by a friend who we may or may not have uh, forced to join us. So let's go ahead and pull back the curtain and get started. So, Adam, tell me. Yes. What does the current obsession with bread, Uh political unrest over police brutality, and the gladiator have in common? You see, up until you said the gladiator, I was going to say 1990s Aladdin. Um, because all both of those are also in that, uh, with bread and police brutality against those who steal bread. But you threw in Gladiator. <laughs> Riff rap. <laughs> you threw in Gladiator, and all of a sudden I thought, ah, oh, I am maybe entertained. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to say, is this the 2012 Les Miserables? This is the 2012 Les Miserables. Oh God. I, so let's. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna kick this baby off by saying yeah. that this is without a doubt my favorite musical ever made. Okay. This is also without a doubt <laughs> my least favorite movie musical adaptation yeah. of a musical ever made. Yeah. It's not the best. It's so upsetting. And before we get into the the stage rant proper, uh, I want to give you all a little bit of a, a background on Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Uh, so this book uh, was this was started off as a book uh, first published in 1862 by French historical novelist Victor Hugo. Hugo Boss. Hugo by Hugo <laughs> Boss. Uh, Hugo Boss made Nazi uniforms. Never forget. Google um, it. Honestly, Google it. It's, it's out there. Pretty wild. It's crazy. Uh, so Victor Hugo, not associated with Hugo Boss or Nazis. Um, hey, that's the third time we've mentioned. That's <laughs> we're three for three with Nazis. We got it. Well, should we keep? I don't know. We'll see. It could be a thing. It's, it's an accidental thing. It is. An I accident. was worried. I was like, this takes place in like the 1800s. How are we bringing Nazis into this? Thanks, Hugo Boss. <laughs> State Train so, is sponsored by Hugo Boss oh, it's and not. Calvin Klein. Oh, no. It's not. Sorry, carry on. We don't have actually any sponsors yet. Oh, shit. Squarespace! Squarespace, <laughs> Squarespace if you want to sponsor us. you know. Um, so Victor Hugo uh, wrote this in 1862, um, and this covers uh, a, a lot of stuff. Um, there's a lot of content. There's a lot it's of very content dense. Here. It's a thick boy. Um, according to the Wikipedia page for Les Miserables, uh, it examines the nature of law and grace, uh, elaborates upon the history of France, the architecture and urban design of Paris, politics, moral philosophy, anti-monarchism, justice, religion, and the types of nature of romantic and familial love. Les Miserables has been popularized through numerous adaptations of film, including television, the stage, and a musical. Uh, the book itself is oftentimes uh, referred to in English-speaking countries by the French name Les Miserables. As well it should be, because that's the name. That's the name, that's the title. Um, But other English uh, translations include The Miserables, The Wretched, The Miserable Ones, The Poor Ones, The Wretched Ones, The Victims, and The Dispossessed. 
really creative naming schemes they had going. I love this book. This is not a book review podcast. I've read this book at least three to four times. I've lost track. Mm. Two of which times were were the unabridged version. How many pages is the unabridged version? A lot. Okay. It really depends <laughs> on, like, you know, the the size of the text, mostly, and, mm-hmm. you know, which copy you pick up. I love this book. Now, if you're going to read the book, if you're trying to read because there's nothing else to do in society right now, mm-hmm. don't read the unabridged version. <laughs> because the unabridged version is literally just more, like, adjectives and descriptors of yeah. places. Like, yeah. I don't need to read a book and know, like, the geographic coordinates right. of the town in which Jean Valjean becomes the mayor. Right. But Mr. Hugo is is pretty intent on yeah. giving you that, yeah. that information. So read the regular version. It's a mm-hmm. great read. It really is my favorite, uh, one of my favorite books, top five at least, mm-hmm. because it is a beautiful story of love, redemption, and, like, triumph, and the, mm-hmm. uh, in some ways the triumph of good over evil, kind mm-hmm. of, but we'll talk about that. Gotcha, yeah. So this uh, has been, again, adapted into many, many versions, but we're focusing on the musical version, uh, particularly the movie musical version of 2012. But before we get to that, I want to do one more, similar to Les Mis, time jump forward to 1980, where this has been now been adapted into a uh, musical um, by uh, Claude Michel Schoenberg and Alain Bobois and Jean-Marc Nattel. Um and these three French guys uh, decided to adapt it into a musical. And it premiered in Paris on the 24th of September in 1980. Uh, but then in 1985, it was uh, produced by Cameron McIntosh. This is the same guy who I believe produced Fan of the Opera, mm. Cats, The Fantastics, um, Miss Saigon, a bunch of other well-known kind of prestige musicals um, in October 1985 in London. Um, and it is currently the second, uh, it is the longest running musical in the West End, which is uh, the right. UK's version of Broadway. And it's um, the sixth longest running Broadway show. Yes. So it just be- missed, it just came out underneath Wicked. Mm, yeah. So like, it's it's been around for a while. Which is still going. Wicked? Wicked is still going. It's a great show. I think it's good. Okay. I've, no one mourns the Wicked. I just, mm. I've, I've seen it. Six times. That's fine. <laughs> oh my god. And I've seen it in two different countries. Can you explain how your and lifestyle... Three and... different cities. How, how do you have money to see Wicked that many times? Do you eat? <laughs> you know, when you, when you see Wicked six times, you don't get the best seats. <laughs> then why not buy one good seat and see it once and just listen to the soundtrack like the rest of us? I have a problem, Joseph. I have a problem! <laughs> so while on Broadway, it did absolutely phenomenal. It had yes. eight Tony Awards, mm-hmm. uh, including Best Musical, five mm-hmm. Best Drama Desk. Like, it just, this really knocked every, everyone out of the water. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's a weird show in that it's considered a musical, but oftentimes musicals, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, in future episodes, musicals, similar to what we've already covered with Mamma Mia, here we go again. And the producers, there's talking, there's straight dialogue, mm-hmm. and then there's a musical number. This is not quite the case no, no, with no. Les Mis. Les Mis is sung all the way through, which has more in common with an opera than it does with a musical. It's an operetta, if you will. An operetta, which is like the hybrid version of an opera and a musical. It's like, it's, it's too talky 
to be an opera. Right. But it's too sing-songy to be a musical. Correct. So it's an operetta. Beautiful. And it yeah. is a beautiful operetta. It that. is. So I'm going to introduce our mini-game for this week. Oh boy. Which is, in honor of Blame Miss being an operetta, mm-hmm. this podcast will also be an operetta. <laughs> so now, we are going to sing the rest of the episode... Are you serious? Absolutely not. Can you imagine? Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can do it, but alright. Lame is, is a movie that came out in 2012. Starring. Shit. Oh! <laughs> right out the gate with an L! It has a 7.6 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes. It grossed cumulatively. Four hundred and forty-one million eight hundred and nine thousand seven hundred and seventy. All right. So and yeah. So yes. it, was, it was really successful. It had budget. It uh, backstep. Yes. Came out on Christmas Day. This is. We mentioned this before. <laughs> the producers and Mamma Mia. Here we go again. This is a Christmas musical. Hallelujah! And this movie, unlike the producers, wants you to know it's, it's a, a Christmas, Christmas musical. musical. So whenever someone asks you what your favorite Christmas movie is, technically you can respond, <laughs> Les Miserables. <laughs> it had a budget of $61 million, yes. uh, and then it's it's worldwide, as Adam Sangsong, was $441,809,770. Yeah. So it was successful? Very successful. Um... Ish, decently ish, so. Decently scores. Yeah. Decent, decent scores. Uh, almost a seventy on Rotten Tomatoes. Sixty-three mm-hmm. on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fine. Yeah. And I think these scores aren't higher because of people like me. And I think this, and we talk about this in the producers a lot, where there are people who enjoy the theater, and there are those who enjoy movies, mm. and often have people who, if you are only a movie person and you don't enjoy the theater. You will go and see this and be like, ah, that is what Les Mis is. Got it. Cool. Neat. Never have to see it again. But if you're one of the assholes like me, I so like I'm obsessed with this show. I love the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite rendition is obviously going to be the Les Mis uh, in concert. The 25th anniversary is performed mm-hmm. live in the O2 Arena in mm-hmm. London. Mm-hmm. Um, an incredible star-studded cast because it was performed by trained artists these are people who've trained their entire lives to be stage performers yes so they have these booming incredibly powerful voices you have alfie bow as jean valjean uh you have norm lewis as inspector javert which is my favorite character spoiler alert and then for some reason you have nick jonas in there as marius and it's not good it's really funny it's it's kind of like the comedic levity of the entire show but you have to watch it because that's what i'm going to pretty much compare this entire movie to because to me the point of late is is that it's this big booming powerful passionate production yeah with these incredible singers Mm mm-hmm and then with lay miz they're like can you believe they performed it all live and i'm like Yes. Yeah. That was yeah, the, that can. was one of the things. Is that when this movie came out, it was advertised as so unlike Mamma Mia, exclamation point, here we go again. And the producers <laughs> where and most most if not all movie musicals from like the 1940s even, The Wizard of Oz, you would record singing on set so you can act along with your singing. But then afterwards during produ- during the production uh, during post-production, you would then go back into a studio mm-hmm. and record the vocals 
properly so it's clean, it's clear, it sounds good. Right, you're not like worried about your blocking. You don't have right. to worry about physically acting at the time. So you can do the best of both worlds. You can right. get your best singing mm-hmm. and you can also get your best acting. Right. Lame Miz 2012 forces these these poor, poor actors mm-hmm. to try to do it simultaneously and some of them just can't. And that's the problem with Lame Miz and other movie musicals is in more recent years is and I think unfortunately Cats is one of the biggest vendors of this of taking let's take a prestige musical that people know about people like when you think musicals these things come to mind and let's cast A-listers correct who may or may not be able to sing let's get Idris Elba in here for some godforsaken reason I love him but like go back to Pacific Rim right like with Les Mis you have Hugh Jackman who can sing Yes. He he was trained on stage and in musicals. And he is the greatest showman. He is the greatest showman. There's a whole musical called The Boy from Oz. Mm. It's like his autobiography that he wrote. It's a stage production. Hugh Jackman is incredibly talented. He's an amazing, amazingly talented person and he can sing. Mm-hmm. And a few others can sing. <laughs> um, but they're in weird roles right so like it's like they take the top five most popular most prevalent characters Mm -hmm. and they cast with the exception of hugh jackman all these other a-listers right russell crowe cannot sing no he genuinely cannot sing no well well, i'm gonna say my russell crowe complaints throughout this yeah but like if you've never seen this it's so weird to me because this movie had such a big budget, it was billed as, like, the next big, like, like resurgence this, of Les Mis. The next resurgence of movie musicals. Yes. Like, this is how movie this musicals like will be filmed yeah. in the future. Oh my gosh. And then it just turns out so... <laughs> Especially if you've seen other productions, live productions, where you know how this was intended to be when it was originally turned into a musical. Yes. This is how it's supposed to be as the 25th anniversary concert. But right. instead we get the 2012... Hmm, I dreamed a dream and then I died. Do we want to jump on in? Let's jump into the stage ranch. This is a long boy. This is the long one. I, (laughs) this movie is two hours and 37 minutes long. Um, and it's about (laughs) two hours and 37 minutes too long, in my opinion. It's, it's at least 37 minutes too long. I can do two hours. Yeah. But I could do an abridged, and here's another thing about this before we hop in. There are certain songs that they cut yes. or trim, yes. and I don't know why. But then, but they didn't cut them for time. They cut them so that they could add their goddamn Oscar bait song. Because that isn't a, it's not good. And for those of you who aren't familiar with with movie cycles in general, I'll keep this short because I don't want to bog this down too much. There's this time frame from like September to like January that's called Oscar, Oscar season. Oscar bait. Oscar bait season <laughs> where movies will come out and, and you do some reflection and if you haven't noticed it before you will now once you see it you can't unsee it. From September to January you're going to see all the big films coming out. It's like, you know, this Christmas season come take your family to see Les Misérables. I dreamed a dream coming soon to theaters. You know, like all oh. that kind of stuff. Um big like this past Oscar season, we had like Parasite, The Joker, all these other mm-hmm. big movies come out between September and January, and they all get up for Oscars because Oscars in February. Right. This came out in December of 2012. This was up for a few Oscars. It got Anne Hathaway her first Oscar, oh Oscar for best yep. was a supporting actress. I think so. 
And I would say deservedly so. She's also good in this movie. She cut her hair for this. She cut her <laughs> She sacrificed. <laughs> and, yeah, so... Anyway, um, this was very much a let's try to push this towards to get Oscars. And, of course, one of the Oscars you can win is Best Original Song. So let's write our own original song. But let's cut original content for it. Yeah, it doesn't what make What in the hell? Sense. It makes... It's a two-minute and 30-second song that they added, but you're... Me- like, they took out Tenardier songs? Yeah. For suddenly? Suddenly... It's clear. This I'm riding in a horse carriage. <laughs> I just bought this child from an innkeeper. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, so 1815, yeah. we're in France. And we're in a prison camp. Uh, it's a naval prison camp. Alleged, in, in, in the movie in, in the rendition. Movie. In, in the stage production, I believe they're rowing on a ship. No, they're the I stage think, production. I well, there are many versions. The stage production, they're like clean. They're swapping the poop decks. Yes, so it's naval. But this one, they're all pulling a boat into harbor into dry dock into dry dock, so it can be repaired during a hurricane. Yeah, Sh- sure. <laughs> uh, and we we see all these convicts. We have ourselves. Uh, we we get Jean Valjean, uh, John Valjean, <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Um, and he's in prison. Why is he in prison? He stole a loaf of bread. He stole a loaf of bread. He and did. that apparently carries with it, because they don't give us any more context. No. If they gave us context, it would make sense. He is in prison for 19 years for stealing a loaf of bread. Yeah. In the books, he was in prison because he kept trying to escape prison. Oh. In the books, this is technically like his third bout in prison. Oh. Yes. Why did they cut that? That makes... Because you can't start with, like, it already... There's too much exposition to begin with. I guess for for those who don't want to invest the time in reading the unabridged version like Joe has twice, you can't make a sympathetic character of, like, this guy is a jailbird three times over. Right. You're not going to find a sympathetic character there. Correct. That's fair. That's but fair. you would feel bad for him for... And they, they loosely mention it, but you have to catch on to it very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's five years for what you did, the rest because you tried to run. So he was in okay. prison for five years for stealing a loaf of bread. Yeah. Which is really important because that shows us the context of the world in which we're living. 1815 France was not friendly to people who are not law-abiding, land-owning white males. No. For context, uh, this was right after Napoleon had been exiled for the second time following the French Revolution, which was a whole shit show unto itself. Napoleon, get your ass back on that island. It's a different island. They put him on one island, yes. and then and they sent him back to a different, different island, island that was yep. farther away from civilization. <laughs> and I kid you not, how'd you when, get back? Sea turtles, me last year. <laughs> when he was headed to the second island, the people who were traveling with him, who were like, I guess I'll also be exiled with him. When they told them where they were going, some of them jumped off the ship. They're and, like, Nah, I'm good. I'll just die. <laughs> I don't want to live off the coast of Africa in the middle of nowhere. Anyway, so he steals a loaf of bread. They're singing, Look down, look down. Um. Yeah. And there's a, there's so many jarring cuts in this in this musical, such as like they're singing and it keeps doing these very close up shots of Russell Crowe looking down on them. So like the, it's super ham fisted. The song they're singing, look down, look down. And what's Russell Crowe doing? He's looking down, looking down, on looking them. down. And they cut to him like four times. And yeah. I'm like, I get it. They're down there. <laughs> He's, he's, up, he's, he's up there, and they're down there. So that means he's looking, looking down. down. <laughs> Show, not tell, I guess? But it's, why not both? <laughs> yeah. it's This movie's cinematography makes God... 
It makes no sense. So they pull in, they're pulling in the boat. It's the end of a, of a rewarding work day at the docks. Yes. And they're all in line. They're going back to go into the prison. And Javert stops Jean Valjean and he's like, Retrieve the flag. Which I want to say about this at this point. <laughs> I can't imagine what's going through Javert's head. Because he's like, hey, go get the flag. And Valjean's like, I see you meant the mast. Got it. And he goes back and picks up the whole mast of the ship. to assist. So in the books, in the books, it's very important to note that Jean Valjean is fucking ripped. He so is a superhero. He's so strong. And so they had to establish that he's a strong man now. Because when we flash forward... 15 years or whatever in 10 minutes, we mm-hmm. have to know that Jean Valjean is a strong man. So yeah. Javert's like, this guy lifts. So J- he, he lifts. He lifts. He's in the gym again. Yeah. <laughs> so Javert's like, retrieve the flag. And Jean Valjean's just like, okay. He goes and grabs and lifts the entire mast of the ship and drags this flag out of the muddy water and carries it, what, five feet? And then, and then drops, drops it. it. <laughs> and I'm like, Jean Valjean. Buddy, I get, I get you're trying to do a middle finger to society and work to, you know, smarter, not, not harder. <laughs> like just unclassify, unclip the flag from the mast. Stop trying to prove shit. Like, who are you trying to impress? You're in prison, and and you know and this, you're. And this is before he, he knows, knows he's getting freed. Yeah, I'm like, dude, are you just trying to get in an extra lift before yeah. pr- more prison? <laughs> So he comes back and Javert's just like, okay, so we're going to let you go, but not really because this is 1815 France. So right. here's this yellow piece of paper. You're good to go. These are your papers. Use your papers. Papers, please. These yeah. are your papers and mm-hmm. you have to like present these and you have to, you're on parole. So like mm-hmm. you have to check in all these different places mm-hmm. every month or so to yeah. prove that you're not out there murdering, right. I suppose. Because or stealing more baguettes. More baguettes. <laughs> Croissants. <laughs> And so, yeah. this is tough, though, because these mm-hmm. are his papers. So, every, he, we go into, like, this little montage of mm-hmm. Valjean applying for work. Applying for work in the mountains of France. In the mountains. <laughs> like, how many different mountains does he climb? Like, the French Alps are extensive. They're, like, famous for climbing. So, yeah. So, he goes up to, like, these different farmers, and he's just, and like... shepherds. And shepherds. shepherds. Yeah. He's like... <laughs> Any work today? And the shepherds are like, papers, please. And he hands them the papers and they're like, no work here. And he's just like, oh no, I'm unemployed. So he like wanders around for a little bit until he finds himself in a little mountain village. Mm-hmm. And he's sleeping in a door on someone's doorstep. In the doorstep of a church. Of a church. Yes. And the door opens and who who's there? Uh, it's the Bishop of Dunay. Dunay. Played by... Cole Wilkinson, who was the original Jean Valjean on Broadway in 1985. A nice little Easter egg. Look at that. For those super friends out there. Yeah. Um, And he's like, come in, my brother. Yes. Now, it's worth worth noting that both Valjeans, I'm including the bishop here, have the strangest vibrato. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. We'll, We'll get there. But it's like when they casted Hugh Jackman, they're just like, can you do, how do I put this? Weird things with your vocal cords. Can you make them shake like there's no tomorrow? Ah, like. <laughs> <laughs> I stole a loaf of bread. bread. It's like Cher singing Fernando <laughs> all over again. Round two. <laughs> and so he, the, the bishop welcomes him in and he's just like, you are 
you are equal to us. Yeah. It's which the, is huge which, like, back then. In the 18, 1815 in France, I mean, France has always been like hella Catholic. Right. And like this guy in particular is taking those Catholic values of like taking in the poor, yeah. just being a decent human being. And he's like, hey, he's running with it. You know what? Come on in. Yeah. I see you are dressed like a poor person, but you, you got a bed here. We're yep. gonna feed you. Yep. Just chill here. It's yep. all good. And it's and it's like okay, cool. Yeah. It's Jean like, Valjean's oh. getting a break. So yeah. Valjean's kind of like going a little stir crazy. He's like, what what's happening? So that so that yeah. night he's laying in bed and he's just like, okay, let's take let's I, do an in inventory. I can't live here forever. I can't live here forever. I need things. Mm -hmm. So he steals the bishop's silver. Yes. So he steals, like, some, like, candle holders, some bowls and stuff. Mm -hmm. and in the middle of the night, he, like, dashes. And, and unsuccessfully carrying things. And things he's, are spilling out. And he's, like, immediately arrested. <laughs> <laughs> like, five feet out. And, Boom, they and, got him. And the next morning, he's, like, he's thrown into the bishop's home yeah. by two police officers. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Monsieur, we found your silver. And, and he's, like, he, he's, like, Valjean had the nerve to say that you... The bishop gave Valjean the silver. Yeah. And what does Colm say? That was right. <laughs> oh my god, Colm, are you here? <laughs> Hello, Joseph. But my friend, you left, left so early. Surely something slipped your mind. mind. You forgot I gave these also. also. Gives him more silver. Would you leave the, the best, best behind? So then he tells the police to release him, because he's just like, yeah, guys, I totally gave him all of the silver. Meanwhile, the two sisters behind him are like, are you shitting me? That's like our best silver. It's like, what are dude, you doing? I really like that silver. Yeah. And you can tell the police officers are like, uh, uh, okay. They're like, I just picked that up at Home Goods. You're seriously giving that to the you homeless just guy? Give that guy? All right. So then he sends them on their way, and then the bishop turns to Valjean and is kind of like, listen up, listen here, you little shit. I did this for you. I just bought your soul for God. For God. And so take the silver and become. An honest man. And so, like, Valjean is having a what, an epiphany, I guess. Because now he's like, oh my god, what in the hell? Yeah, like, I thought I was just going to go back to prison for technically the fourth time. Like, I have been given a lease on life because someone saw me as a human. But specifically, religion, religion saved me. And religion is going to play a, a big part in the show. Yes. He is um, now a very religious man. Oh, yeah incredibly religious because his he he's just been redeemed mm -hmm. by by religion yeah in a society that looks down on him for committing a crime of stealing bread for sake like for feeding his starving sister and their his child uh, her child yeah so like religion's a big deal now but he has to sing a song of conflict yes um and this is Valjean's soliloquy no we're unlike mama me and the producers we're not going to get too much into the musical aspects because as we mentioned earlier this operetta so this whole thing the dialogue pretty much is sung through right and it's it's very it's very iconic because it ends with him saying you know i i'm done with this like mm -hmm. jean valjean is nothing now another it's, story must begin it's also worth noting before he gets there that he almost basically he contemplates committing suicide for a second he's yeah. like i am on the brink i'm reaching but i fall but, like, like the, the night is closing in. And, like, as I stare into the void. Stare into the void of the world that... No, that's, that's, that's later. That's, it's we'll, we'll sim that. similar. similar. Same yeah. song. But then he realizes, he's like, you know what? Jean Valjean, this past man, I, he is dead. He's I dead. am reborn. I am not that anymore. 
And he says, another story must begin. Rips up his yellow papers. And I love this part of the musical. Because when he says, another story must begin, another the story, story begins! begins! And he very dramatically throws them <laughs> off a cliff. With the best bass drop in... The best bass drop in musical theater. Yeah. He throws dramatically the papers. The camera pans up to the papers into the sky. Which also... Someone's going to find those papers. Yes. But no one's going to piece those all together. They're on a mountain. There could be some really smart Detective Shepherds up there. Detective Shepherd coming to fall and coming this fall to Fox. Yeah. Um, so then we go to into at the end of the day, the papers fall onto a city. We've jumped forward in time to 1823. 1823. Uh, so we are eight years later. Uh, yes, that's how math works. Yes, uh, things are not going well. The poor are getting poorer. The rich are getting, getting richer, richer, and the police are still being assholes. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> um, and so, like, people are singing just like, man, things really, essentially, this everything sucks. It's, I hate life. Yeah. I'm super poor. I might steal some bread. And so we cut into a factory. And, and there's a really ham-fisted uh, moment here in the film where they sing the lyrics and the righteous hurry pass. They can't hear the little ones crying. And you literally see them open a gate into, like, an alleyway tunnel thing. I think it's the gate to the city. The gate to the city, yeah. yeah. And all the poor outside of the city. And they open the gate to let Javert... Yes. Who is... Sporting hat number two. The, the first hat was, like, a small little floppy hat with a little gold it's castle. His prison, it's his prison guard hat. It's his guard hat. This is now the wide... Yes. Um, the wider the hat. Like, the police chief yes. uh, hat. And he literally hurries past, yes. and he literally can't hear the little ones crying. Again, more ham-fisted, like, hey, look, it's the rich looking down on the poor. Do you, you see it, folks? Are you listening to the words we're singing? Do you get it? Do you understand? And in the stage production, this is just poor people singing together. Yes. And working and toiling away. And then we cut into this factory. Yes. Um, With the most petty women. This is... this <laughs> Outside section, of Chicago. This section... I always think of as this is where they slut shame one to yes. death. Yes, 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 literally. Yes, 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 yes. So we cut to this factory uh, where I guess they're sewing, sewing textiles. Themes. Yes, something like it's that. a textile factory. Yeah, yeah. And all these women are talking about how you know we're we're happy that we have food. We're actively being sexually assaulted and harassed by the foreman. <sighs> Yeah. 1823, not a great year for women's rights. Not and a great year. And we meet Fontaine, Anna Hathaway. Yes. Which is, going back to the Aladdin reference, the diamond in the rough. She is the Aladdin, and she's going to die real quick. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> it's so upsetting, because you're just like, oh my gosh, Anna Hathaway, I love you. You're not going to, if you like the way she looks now, it's not going to be good for you later. And so one of her co-workers uh, finds out that she's been sending money to her illegitimate daughter. And it's also worth noting that the foreman, the foreman's got a thing for Fontaine. Yes. I mean, take a look at his trousers. You'll see where he stands. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is just like... It's the most you... eloquent way of saying like... boner in a musical. <laughs> look at the <laughs> foreman. He's erect. <laughs> Better run, Fontaine! <laughs> it's like, it's so uncomfortable. Because he's, he's like getting real up close to her. Yes. And just like whispering in her ear. And but it's like so eloquent because they're singing it in these like more you, British like, than French accents. Everyone in Les Mis, <laughs> a story that takes place in France, is British. 100% British. Even the American actors are, are British. British. 
Anyway, so the, her <clears throat> bitchy ass coworker finds out she's been sending money to her illegitimate daughter, which is a no, no, whoa. Like you don't know who the father is, burn in hell. Which I, it's I, I still to this day, I'm like, okay, so she gets kicked out of work, cause like, is it because she has an illegitimate child? Is yes, it because absolutely? I thought it was. I always took it as they think, oh, she's gonna ask for more money. Because she has a illegitimate no. child. Oh. So this is like those really shitty morality clauses that exist in private uh. Catholic schools where they can fire you for being a lesbian. Yep. Uh, okay. Not speaking okay. from like childhood experience or anything. But like... <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah, so like back then this was such a big deal because this gotcha. means you slept around mm. and that you were not wed when you had a child. Gotcha. And this was this was huge. And it's France, so it's, it's like the Catholic school it's of Europe. It's the Catholic school of Europe. So they're just like, oh shit, she's a slut, so she's getting fired. Gotcha. And this, paired with the fact that the foreman literally has a hard-on for Fontaine, mm. means that she's going to be terminated. And it's, so they, they have this, all this is going on, and at this moment, everyone starts freaking out, like, oh my gosh, she's got, look at this letter, oh my god. The mayor. The mayor. Of the town. Monsieur and, Le Maire. And also the factory owner. Yes. Um... Who is surprised? It's Jean Valjean. He's back, baby. He's cleaned himself up. He's got a full head of hair, and he's got no beard. Yes, which I he looks great. He looks stunning. He really pulled himself together. Yeah, and he does the most condescending thing of just like, ladies, ladies, come on. Ladies. I got a reputation here. I can't have you singing about how she's got an illegitimate child. Come on, come, come on. on. I run a business of repute. I am the mayor of this town. Oh. Pause. Dramatic stare up into the corner. Who's standing in his office? Javert. Detective. Javert. And he is... So, this is where the meme comes from. (laughs) If you've ever seen the Russell Crowe in the hat, like, up here in the window. (laughs) It's so weird because, like... It, they never match this tone anywhere else in the movie. Yeah. It, like, zooms in from a distance to his tiny face in a window. And you're like, what? And also, this is so tonally off. It's so weird because at this point, Javert does not recognize Valjean. So there's no reason right. for him to be looking in so, like, mm, mm. Is, is that the man I've been chasing all these years? No, it's no, not. He's just seeing, he like, what's going on in there, but he looks super suspicious. He's like, mm, I also ate catty women. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and so yeah. Valjean's just like, oh, God, it's him. So oh, like, God, he looked down on me a lot. <laughs> and he's looking down on me, <laughs> me down. again. Oh, no, another awful parallel. <laughs> and so at this moment, he's like, okay, I'm going to go. Foreman, figure this shit out. That's why I pay you. Yeah. Take care of this. And the foreman's like, okay, get out of here. See you, Fontaine. Literally throws her out on the street and throws like two gold coins after her. Which I assume is like, it'd be like today if someone was fired from their, like, factory job and they're like hey here's a buck here's good a buck luck. good luck out there yeah and she's screaming this yeah. is worth noting she is screaming for she's crying for monsieur le maire yeah monsieur le maire monsieur le maire i have a child, child! child! thrown out the door yeah um so then valjean goes up the stairs and has a sing a sing talk conversation with javert mm-hmm. and this is the first time we've really heard javert like not trying to sing yeah. Like Russell, this is the first time Russell Crowe's given up because he's like, please know me as Shabbat. And he's like, he essentially sings his resume a little bit. Yeah. He's, he's like, I'm a man of honor. Like, and Valjean is just like, cool. cool. I'm glad you're seemingly <clears throat> don't recognize me. Here's a rosary. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's from what I've gathered in this scene, and I don't know how French 
town factory politics works. Valjean's role is odd. Um, I think it, I assume I believe they're saying that he has just been appointed the new inspector of the town for. Um, is it the town or the Monsieur Sommer. It's the town. For the town. Okay. Yes. yes. Because he's an inspector. Right. Um, so he's just like, hey, I'm the new guy. I'm the new guy. Nice to meet you, Mayor. And Valjean's like, acting super sketch. And he even is like, have we? I feel like I've seen you before. I can't put Javert's just like, it seems to me we may have met. And then Valjean's, Valjean's just like, yours is a face I can't forget. Like, it's so, un- it's so cringy. This doesn't exist in the musical. No. Just this movie. Yeah. They're like, we need to fill in some plot because viewers are dumb and won't get it if we don't. So right. this is like so freaking ham-fisted in there. Yeah. It's in. It's bad. And Javert's just like, okay, obviously I don't know you. <laughs> Thank God you put me at ease. And yeah. then they hear a cry from outside. Help! Help! And there's an old man stuck under a cart. Old and man, how did you get down there? <laughs> oh... Marie and his cart. <laughs> Marie! Come back again! Hurry up! We might cover Beauty and the Beast. Who knows? Um, but so he's stuck beneath his cart. Yeah. And so Valjean is like, wait a minute. Fuck. I lift. I can <laughs> lift that cart. Now, it's, it's important to note, first and foremost, that back in 1823 France, only like three dudes could lift heavy things. And one of them... Is Jean, Jean is Val- the escaped convict Jean, Jean Valjean. Valjean. So he's yeah. like, I'm going to save you, yeah. Marie, stuck under the cart. And so he <laughs> lifts it. Yeah. It plays very dramatic music. Bum, 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 bum. Hey, do you remember when we heard that, that music? When he lifted the mast That's... of the ship. <sighs> and so... It cuts to Javert and he's just like... He's like, wait a minute. Holy Couldn't shit. this be true? I don't believe what I see. And he, he's like, a man your age to be as strong as you are. I'm like, first of all, rude. How, how dare you? Like, yeah. Let him be jacked. Let... <laughs> Hugh jacked. Hugh man. jacked, man! <laughs> so, like, <laughs> first of all, Javert, ageist. <laughs> Shame on you. Get out of here with that ageist bullshit. Hey, he can be 75 and he can lift 100 pounds. What can you do? He's 75 and kicking it. Jeez, I mean, how old is Valjean at this point? To be fair, because I, I, he dies at the end. He he dies pretty soon. <laughs> like relatively speaking, he's gonna die soon. Right from the start of the musical, he he's working his way towards death, which I always thought of. Anyway, we'll get to his death at the end. So he lifts but, the card, and Javert's yeah. just like, "You seem even more familiar now." And mm. and Valjean's just like, "Say what you want to say, dude. Like, don't like, don't like, leave it there." And Javert's just like, forgive me, sir, I would not dare. Because this is like his superior. This is his, like, commanding officer. And it's his first day. It's his first day. He has been on the job for five minutes. And already he thinks that he has caught the escaped convict that he has been searching for for the past eight years. Which, I mean, he has. Which he has, but he doesn't know that. And, like, don't, like, you don't walk into your first and be like, oh, hi, I am, I'm the new, uh, supervisor. Uh, I see you're gonna be my boss. Oh, wait, were you in prison were before? <laughs> Did you steal some bread, like, oh, maybe 23 years ago? Maybe? <laughs> Just spitball it here, I don't know. Just, you know. And so, you know, that ends, and. We cut to Fontaine. Where where is Fontaine, man? Fontaine is having a rough day. This 
Have you ever heard of the book Alexander and the Very Bad No Good Day? I haven't. This is it's a kid's book. It's okay. just called Alexander and the Very Bad Very Bad No Good Day. Okay. It was made into a Disney Does he have movie. a bad day? It's not a good day. Okay. And this is I like to think this is Fontaine's very bad no good day. So she's down by the docks with some lovely, lovely ladies. ladies. Uh, prostitutes. Prostitutes. It's prostitutes. And Fontaine <clears throat> is very quickly learning how she can sell everything she owns, including teeth and hair, yes. to send money to her child. Yes. Inclu- so, like, she's like, can I sell you this locket? She starts off strong. Simple. Like, like, can I have ten francs for this locket? And he's like, I'll give you five. I'll give you four. I'll give you four. Yeah. And she's just like, uh... <laughs> it's worth it's ten. It's worth more. Come on, dude. And then very quickly, she's like, okay, I'll sell teeth. <laughs> It starts with hair. It starts with hair. Because there's hair. this woman who has the most grating voice. Yes. I'll take the lot. No, t- don't touch me. Leave me alone. And it's, it's it, just like, so they're buying hair to make wigs. Yes. So you're selling to... to for the lovely ladies. For the lovely ladies. Um, and so this wig maker woman, I guess, she takes Fontaine's hair first. And then there's a guy who's like, I'm a dentist and I can take your teeth. I'll take your teeth. <laughs> Which I don't know what they used teeth for Dentures, back then. Probably. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Everything's a black market back then. Yeah. Um, I'll, this... I'll buy your left toe for five francs. Everything's for sale. Which you quickly, it's, again, it's ham-fisted because it's like, she's selling herself. She's se- get it? She's, you get it, folks? She's a prostitute, but she's selling herself. And so, so they, they cut off her hair. Cut off her hair. And to her... So how they filmed it was, she actually had hair. Yes. And then they cut it off on camera. Yeah. So when she's crying, she's actually kind of upset. Yeah. Because her hair is now gone. Right. So like, I guess, point one for method acting. Cool. That's pretty... uh, Cool. We'll see if that score goes up any... But one point for method acting. So they cut off her hair while singing very shrilly, like... Lovely ladies! But none of them are lovely. Um, That's the irony. Because they're all, like, low-key dying of tuberculosis. So, like, things aren't going great for her until... Also, this is not the first time tuberculosis will play a big part in a musical. (laughs) Right, this is, like, tuberculosis part one. It's a recurring thing. So, finally, she, like, hooks up with a captain. And by hooks up with, I mean, she, like, has sex with a captain for money. Mm -hmm. And he... We... We watched the sex. Which I wasn't expecting to happen. Because it doesn't happen on the stage It does. There is no stage sex. There's no, like, ah, this is... It all goes off screen every time, and then they go into the chorus of Lovely Ladies. Right. But in this, like, we watch as the music cuts out, and we hear every thrust. I'm like, I don't... I don't like this. I was uncomfortable. He gets off... Like, he finishes and gets off and, like, puts the money on the dresser quite literally. And then she's just laying there. And she goes into I Dreamed a Dream. What are your thoughts on I Dreamed a Dream in this musical? Okay, so I Dreamed a Dream, generally speaking, yes. is a heart-wrenching, oh, so sad, sad song because we get a bit of background, 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 background into how she ended up with Cosette. Yes. And this is, we find that there was this guy yeah. who basically was... They had a great summer together. Her world, her yeah. everything. And then in in the fall, he was out. He yep. was gone. And, and now she's stuck with a child. Yes. And she dreamed a dream of what her life could be. Yes. So different than this hell I'm living. Right. Which some people, I've looked in, I remember when this 
song first came to prominence in the popular... If you weren't familiar with Les Mis... Um, Oh God! Get her For name, Susan. Susan Boyle. Boyle. Susan Boyle sang this on Britain's Got Talent. Britain's Got Talent, and it's one of those classic Britain or like like blank Got Talent shows where they're just like, oh, they're ugly. They're not going to be talented. And then, and then, then she turns, oh my beautiful <laughs> voice. Susan Boyle performed this. I'm gonna say a little bit better than Anne Hathaway did. I would agree. So here's here's where we really get into the issue of singing while acting and casting a listers. Who yes. are not trained in singing. First and foremost, I believe if they had just given her a microphone and told her to sing the song, it would be gorgeous. Yeah. It would have been phenomenal. But the problem is the acting in I Dream to Dream is is amazing. Yeah. Because she's like crying. And she's the only person to really, act, I believe, actually embrace the acting while singing yes. trope in yes. this movie. It's beautiful. Because It's heart-wrenching. And it's this... I do think... As uncomfortable as the pause is in the, the music, it works because it's like we've had all this buildup from trying to sell her locket to becoming a prostitute right. within a matter of like... It's four minutes. Like four or five minutes. And then it's just kind of like this moment of just still stillness and you can kind of catch your breath. Even as the audience watching it, you're exhausted because you're uncomfortable. You're... You feel bad for her. You loved Princess Diaries, so was, you hate to see this. You hate to see it. And then she just starts... This actually is very similar to how the song Mamma Mia starts in Mamma Mia, Here We Go, again, where it's this kind of spoken... Yes. You know, there was a time when men were kind and their voices were soft. I won't do the whole thing, but, you know, like, it's right. It's just... And you're like, I feel uh, you, sister. Yeah. But it gets to a point... I believe, in my personal mm -hmm. pseudo-professional opinion, <laughs> where the acting overpowers the singing. Yes. And you're like, what is she? What is she actually saying? Especially towards the end, when it the building, uh, the music is built to the crescendo. It is very dramatic, mm -hmm. and she's singing while actively crying, and she's just like, so different from this hell I'm living. And you're just like, I. <sighs> I, I've heard this song only performed before by professional stage artists. And the thing and is... And they do it so well. When you're performing on stage, you don't have the luxury... And we talked about this with the producers a bit. Like You don't have the luxury of everyone being able to see you up close. Not right. everyone's in the front row. So you right. have to perform to the back row. So you need everything you say to be clear. Right. And also, they don't want to hear you crying while you sing. They've come to hear... The music. It's a musical. It's a musical. And for this, for film, you can have that real emotional acting because everyone's in the front row. Right. Per se. And even then, you don't want to ruin the music. You want to keep acting and you want to keep singing. And in theater, you can kind of... People will forgive you for not having the most, you know, expressive face while you're right. singing. That's fine. But when you're doing it on in movies... You need to have that expression. Or else no one's going to believe it. Right. Because this movie loves uncomfortable close shots. Which is... This is one of many. One of easily 872. Like... You counted. I... Educated guess. <laughs> if you assume there's two per minute. <laughs> that's, that's fair. And so it's just... Yeah. It over... We've spent a lot of time on this already. But yeah, it's a bit much. It's... I love her so dearly in this movie. The acting the that acting she does. The acting is phenomenal. Anne Hathaway herself is just beautiful. And I will say, it's impressive that this whole thing is pretty much just 
from the like the top of her shoulders up. Yes. And the emotion she expresses from just it never pans away. It never pans away starting from this moment of like almost disbelief in what's happened to her. Yes. To pure and utter just sorrow. Yes. And like her she's she has nothing. She has sold herself to protect her daughter. She's doing all of this for Cosette. Yes. And she's lost everything. And it might, even now, it still might not be enough. Right. And that's what's so heartbreaking, but you can't also ruin the music. And I, the very last thing on this, I, mm. I it's uncomfortable because it sets the bar so freaking high. Yes. You watch it and you're like, oh, okay. So I'm kind of understanding why they decided to film it this way. Mm-hmm. Because this acting and this singing, it... The, the, the acting kind of allows you to look past the singing because you're so right. engrossed in this single sh- take of her singing this. You're like, oh my gosh, like I'm sold. Yeah. But then the rest of the movie does not live up to that. <laughs> no. And what's weird is Lame is is one of those musicals that people will be like, ah, Lame is, what is that? That is, uh, I dreamed a dream, you know, maybe one day more, yeah. you hear people sing. You know, that's about it. Okay, those are the three that most people will know. And it's kind of weird where it's like, so early Les Mis is like, here's the best song. There's still two hours left. Like, what else happens in this? <laughs> like, where are we supposed to go? There's a revolution in this movie, right? <laughs> when, does, when does that happen? So, like, yeah. she sings I Dream a Dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's, things have gone worse. She's clearly ill. Uh, another gentleman comes up to her and is like, I want to touch you before I buy you. Yeah. And she's just like, dude, no. if you touch me, I'm going to scratch you. And he does. And she's, she, she scratches him and he's just yeah. like, I'm going to call the police. So Javert shows up and he's just like, okay, like, calm down. Like, I'm going to arrest you because clearly you're a prostitute. Which and she's freaking also, out. Also, he walks past all the other, other prostitutes, prostitutes and, and is like, like you. You. And so he's about to arrest and her. He and he has then, the most condescending line of, you know... I have heard such protestations every day for 20 years. Let's have no more explanations. Save your breath and save your tears. And it's, it's extra stings with Russell Crowe being like, save your breath and save your tears. Because he's it's such like, a dick It's like, this. shut up. And so, like, uh. he's about to arrest her and Valjean shows up. and Which also, he's just kind of chilling there. No one's gonna... He's on his nightly walk. Of his town. He's a really good mayor. The people love him. Yeah, he's, he's like an RA. He's doing rounds. He's doing his rounds. <laughs> and so he's about to. she's about to get arrested and Valjean jumps in and is just like, what's going on? And, yeah. she, and this is where Fontaine's like, hey, I worked for you. You fired me because I have a child. Uh, and he's just like, okay, that doesn't seem right. Take her to the hospital. Like, on me. I'll pay for it. And Javert's just like, uh, wait a second. Hold on. Not how we do business here, sir. And he's like, I'm the mayor. I trump ya. Take her to the hospital. He's like, I will see it done. So she goes to the hospital. Yeah. And then Javert gets a letter. Yes. As he's hanging out by the gallows. So this is then the next day. Next day. Next morning. Um, it is snowing because we're getting close to the Christmas part. <laughs> yes. We're close to Christmas. Um, he so, gets a letter. Yes. From From, from Paris. From corporate. Yeah. <laughs> from higher up. From 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 central, from, yeah, from central receiving, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, as it turns out, central receiving believes that they have captured Jean Valjean because Javert had sent something in saying, "Hey, I think I found the guy. I think I found him." And they sent back and like, "No, no, we got the guy. No, nah, we found him. Turns out he's actually going to stay in trial, pretty close to you, uh, in like a day. Yeah. So and so Javert does. 
if Javert never said this, nothing on the rest of the show would have happened. happened. So this is Javert's fault. The blame is the movie. Everyone is miserable, not because the brutality of the French government and monarchy. It's Javert. It's Javert. Every this guy sucks. <laughs> Russell Crowe sucks. Javert is a great character. Javert is we'll a great We'll talk about character. him later. Yes. So he goes to Valjean and he's like, okay, so <laughs> I feel a little awkward. Yeah. I called into corporate. Uh, turns out you're not a convicted felon? I mean, that'd be like going up to your boss and being like, listen, I thought you were the Golden State Killer. Yes. <laughs> turns out you're not. You're not. I feel bad. So Javert's like, I'm going to quit. And Valjean's like... Dude, don't worry about it. It's like, fine. It's we, fine. Listen, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. It's a learning moment. <laughs> it's an opportunity for learning and growth, says yeah. Valjean. So Javert's like, oh, this is this is weird to me. But now Valjean is just like, oh, no. Oh, it's I just... am a man of principle now. And it's one of those things where he's like, I can stay. Technically. Yes. I don't have to do anything. Yeah, so he but... sings, who am I? Way too many times. That... Well, no. So I love this song. I like... This is... In a comedic way, with this movie at least. Not the musical, when it's performed well. But with the movie, I'm always like... He's like, who am I? You're Valjean. Who am I? You're Valjean. I'm Jean Valjean. And there like, you well, got yeah. it! So, but he has this internal turmoil, because yeah. he, he's, a, he's a religious man now, and he's like, can I sentence this innocent man to death? And to, to basically go back to what I've known. Yes. And I to live in that. comfort. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm not gonna go back... To prison, but like if I go back to prison, then this town may fail. I have all these workers that work for me. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Like, what does it mean to be who who I am? Like, who mm. am I? And okay. so he's going through this. He has an internal dialogue. He hugs a silver cross that was given to him by the bishop that he still has, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Who am I? Who am I?" And Adam's like in the audience, you're Jean Valjean! <laughs> and he's just like, I'm Jean Valjean. And very dramatically, he gets in a horse and carriage and sprints yeah. to the courthouse where the guy's being sentenced. And he like, looks mildly like Jean like Valjean. Not even, uh, not even close. Maybe maybe like old school Jean Valjean. If you, but like, if you squinted if your you eyes squint, everyone in a dark eyesight. room, you're like, that's Jean Valjean. <laughs> yes. And it's like a full courthouse. And I'm like, why are there so many people and, here for this? And also, it's a court. At night. At night. Night court. <laughs> there was no Coming night. to Fox this fall. Night court. <laughs> set in 1823. He said in 1820. So he's just like, And so, Javert, you see it's true. This man bears no more guilt than you. Who am I? You're Jean Valjean. Two, four, six, oh, one. And you're like, oh, yeah, because that's his number. That's his prison number. Oh, nice. That's a student ID. Nice. <laughs> And so he's like, Your Honor, I'm Jean Valjean. And I, like, if you want me, I'll be at the hospital. And they're like, Monsieur Le you're not well. Shut yeah, up. Dude, you're not. It's like, you're not Valjean. It's like, oh shit, does he have tuberculosis too? Oh my god, everyone's going crazy. I like this mayor. No. They're like, Monsieur, you're not well. And then, yeah. He's like, If you want to find me, I'll be at, uh, I'll be at the hospital. Like, so tell, he, like, tell Javert, meet me at the hospital. Meet me at the hospital. It's like he's challenging him at this point. Yes. Where it's like, come and get me. Come and get me. Which is also, it's a strange thing to do because it's like, what's your plan? There are so many bailiffs here and the judge wasn't like, yeah, until we figure this out. Right, it's not like... Come back to the come back to my quarters, like, we'll, we'll talk. We'll tell Javert later, let's get this guy hung first. Right, but maybe, just maybe... Maybe you are Valjean. Just maybe this guy might be Valjean, but no. Maybe maybe what the judge thought was like, okay, so he appears to be ill. He's not well, because yeah. he's the mayor and he's saying that he's a criminal. Right. He just said he's going to the hospital. 
So maybe he's... Maybe we escort him to the hospital. Maybe we help him? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that wouldn't be the worst idea. Okay, yeah. we'll meet you at the hospital. Yeah. That makes kind of sense. Yeah. So then we cut to Fontaine, and Fontaine is not doing well. She's... She's dying. She's pretty much dead. She is having a fever dream. And she is... She's seeing Cosette, her daughter. Who we have not, who we have not met yet. We haven't seen her yet. Um, and Cosette uh, is, is her, of course, her daughter, and she is just like, you know, my, my darling... I will... Oh, what? Yeah, so she's like, my darling, my lovely Cosette. Like, I see you. Uh, like, I see you even though you're not here because you're my child and you're dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, she's singing this, but she's also dying. So it's very hard to understand what she's actually saying. Um, and so then, like, Valjean comes in. And essentially, like, long story short, he's like, I'll take care of your child because yep. you're going to die. Yeah. Um, I'll go pick up your kid. It will be fine. Her name's Cassette. It's great. Yeah. And then Javert appears. And, and it's, it's cut in a way because Fontaine dies. Javert is just like, oh. And then instantly cuts to Javert just standing there. He's just been chilling. And I'm like, watching how this. long have you been there? The whole time. And he just, Valjean, at last. We see each other plain, Monsieur Le Maire, you'll wear a different chain. But the problem is, we just sang it ten times better than Russell Crowe. <laughs> and so Valjean's just like, okay, hear me out. She's got a like child. Like, can we deal with the child first, and then I'll go with you? Yeah. And he's like, no, we're going to sword fight. We're doing this right We're doing this now. Right now. Which also, there's no sword fight in the stage production. Um, they wrestle. They wrestle, but they don't... Javert's not like... It depends on the, like, like rendition. Not, yeah, that's true. It depends on the production. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, Valjean... I've seen, I've seen renditions where, like, Valjean chokes him out. Oh. And then, like, I've seen... And then in the movie, he jumps out a window, and Javert chooses not to pursue. When Maybe... he jumps into the water, which also, I'm like... Valjean had to do some quick mental math of, like, okay, this is... The building? No, he's such a great mayor. He knows the hospital. So oh, he, I was going to say, so he's like, the building's on the... He's a bomb-ass mayor. So if I come in the front and the stairs zigzag up, what side yes. am I on? I'm going to be... Which, Risk it. Here which we go! side is west? Yeah. So he... And luckily up. for Monsieur Le Maire, like, the French police have a do-not-pursue policy. Because <laughs> Javert elects not to go after him, it's even like, though he's literally right there. He's like, hmm... So Valjean, nope. <laughs> nope, better not. So Valjean escapes, and we yeah. cut to. And this is after Valjean has told Fontaine, "I'm going to go get your kid. I'm gonna go. I will go get your kid, and I will raise her as my own, as my own." And now we cut to a different. Is it the same town or a different? town? I think it's a. Di- it's in the it book. It's to a, be in a, a book. It's town. a different town. I don't know if it was a different town. So it's a, there is a travel time. There is a smaller town we now cut to, um, and now remember this was a Christmas musical. Yes. Who's in, the, who's in the square but Santa? Santa! I guess at this point, St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas. It's St. Nicholas. Is in the town square. Even though they... It's Christmas time. Call him Santa later. Uncomfy. Anyway. So, like, we meet the Ternardiers, played by... <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter, Tim Burton's love thing, and the Sasha Baron Cohen, also known as Borat. <laughs> Borat and uh, the crazy, crazy chick from the Harry Potter movies... Uh, uh, Bellatrix, Bellatrix Lest- yeah, uh, they are innkeepers, and they are the ones that Cassette is staying with, uh, and they also have another daughter named Eponine or EpiPen, as I like to call her. Eponine will come in later. Yes, she's she's sad girl. Um, yes, 
So they go through this whole thing where they're not honest people. They're not. They sing a whole song, which in the musical serves as as a moment of levity. It's the it's the comedic number. Mm-hmm. It's called Master of the House. Yeah. It is traditionally one of my favorites. It's very upbeat. It's, it's fun. It's like a bar tune. Like if you and yeah. your buddies were hanging around, you'd be like, ah, Master of the House. But this guy, like, why are they singing along with it? Because he's awful. Tell me some of the ways in which Tenardier is just god-awful. So this guy, and also this, we mentioned this in Mamma Mia, here we go again, about diegesis of are songs sung within the narrative or are they sung out of the narrative? For most of this movie, I would say Les Miserables is a story told through song, yes. implying they're not actually singing the song. Yes, the which, song serves as dialogue. It replaces right. dialogue. Which is ruined because at the end of this song, a a participant in this musical number leaves the bar. And he's like drunkenly like, going like, Master of the House. Which implies that they actually sung this, this song. This was a song they sang together. Which is terrifying because Tenardier talks about how, as an innkeeper, he, he basically likes to stir up trouble. Mm-hmm. Step one. He likes to create a little bon viveur. <laughs> stirs up trouble. He basically takes random pieces of animal... Grinds it up and is like, yeah, that's meat. Yep, in that's... the movie, he steals a man's prosthetic wooden leg and also grinds that up into the sausage. Yes. So there's wood shavings in the he sausage. He actually cuts off a cat's tail on, on camera. On screen. <laughs> he pees into a bottle. Yes. And then gives that bottle. And You watch up... Sasha Barrico and piss into a bottle. <laughs> People are watching him pee into the bottle and they're just like, ha ha. I'll drink it. What? (laughs) And then he talks about how there's this whole bit of the song where he talks about how he makes his money. Yes. And it's In front of the part of in front of the guests. In front of the guests who are, I guess, buying a room at his inn. Yeah, he's like charge him for the the lice. Charge him for the mice. Extra for For the lice. Two percent for looking in the the mirror mirror twice. Here a little slice, there a little cut. Three percent for sleeping with the window shut. Which it's winter, so you're just a dick. Right. And then he even says, when it comes to fixing prices, there are lots of tricks I knows. I he so and then he steals a man's purse or wallet while he's in the bathroom. Yes. And so like Tenardier is literally the worst Marriott owner ever. <laughs> and they sing his song with him! He's the worst motel six Thanks. owner. I'd say Red Roof Ed. No. This is a red roof. Yeah. Red Roof. So he's awful, but all of these people, of, of which there are many, a lot, there are a ton of people staying here. And you can, t- there are some groupies, if you will, yes. who we see later on in the film, who are like, oh, they're just with Tenardier. They're Gro- like, I think they're the prostitutes. I think that's the implication. Well, there's also this man wearing a woman's bonnet. Yes. It's uncomfortable. It's fun. It's different for this, for, you know. Because most of this movie is grounded in realism. Of the 1820s. And this is like... Absurdism. A fever dream of what you think the past was like. So, like, nothing shows this even more than when Santa... They they go out... Who was just hanging out with kids. There was a kid on his lap. They go out with a mug of, I guess, beer. And yes, they're like, and hey, a you prostitute, want some beer? And it's like, hey. Come on in. Come on Santa in, Santa. gets up. A kid falls off and starts crying, crying. in the middle of the song. It's... Cut to 
two verses later, and Santa is actively having sex with a prostitute, to which the prostitute goes, Oh, Santa! And you're like, oh yeah, it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. Remember? But, and then Sasha Baron Cohen, Tenardier, steals Santa's money. Yeah. So, like, and so then, Madame Tenardier, Helena Bonham Carter, attempts to have an active affair. Takes, like, a spit gun, or like a spitball. Yes. And shoots it on this, like, military officer. That's how she got her foot in the door. Mmm. And That's she... her move. Yeah. Some people have pickup lines. She has dirtying the uniform. She has spitballs. And so she shoots a spitball into this officer, and she... Which also, in the musical, this is not how this is performed. This is like, listen, I grew up thinking I was going to marry a, a nice, decent guy. A prince. A prince. And look at what happened to my life. I'm married to this charlatan. Yes. It's implied that she really doesn't like him. And I love this. I love this verse. It's very, like, ham-fisted. It's very sarcastic because she's just like, I used to think that I could meet a prince, but Mm -hmm. God almighty, have you seen what's happened since? Like, and this is all said in air quotes. Just like, master of the house isn't worth my spit. Like, she just rails against her husband while she takes the lyrics of the... Reprised, what was just sung very like joviously, and then it's just like this guy's full of shit. This guy's fucking awful. Yeah, this guy's always drunk. I hate him. Yes, and in the stage production, it's you get that it's more a marriage of both convenience and necessity. Yes, but here she's also in on it. It feels like she's in a dead end marriage. It's because I mean she is, but it's just it's not sung the way it is in the stage production. Or the 25th anniversary. Where it's where, more out of annoyance. Where, yeah, you're just like, oh, they're kind of cute together. Like, yeah. She's annoyed, but like she's not actively trying to have an affair. And she's do- saying this to the guy, being like, listen, my life's kind of rough. You want to wanna go upstairs? I just stole some dude's eyeball. This is not what I thought <laughs> Which I would Which also, be they have a whole like, room of glasses, eyeballs, shoes, Do they bags, sell them or just collect them? Are they hoarders? <sighs> so the song ends. Santa rides by on a box being pulled by a donkey and he's just like everybody raise the landlord which implies that once again it was actually a sung song which makes no sense and then so like now at this point Cosette has been and we also see that the Tardiers have their own daughter Eponine yeah and they've been raising Cosette yes um they are mean to Cosette they're like Cosette you're gonna be our little Cinderella yes it is it's Cinderella it has taken a page from Cinderella they're like Cosette Go out and get some some water from the well. But it's still like a musical. So she's just like, please don't send me out alone. And Helena, oh my God, Madame Tenardier responds with my favorite line in the in the <laughs> 2000 show. She's like, I'll shut your face. <laughs> or I'll pretend, or I'll forget not to be nice. Yes. Or I'll, I'll forget or, to, or I'll forget to be nice. Yes. Yeah. Implying that if you don't go get water from the well, I'm going to beat you. And so yeah. Lil Cosette goes out, and she's, like, in the woods, alone. Like, and Jean you Val- can't even hear the town. Yes, she's she's far out. And Jean Valjean appears, and, like, it sits odd. And, like, I don't know if this is how they did things in 1823. It's not. But he comes out from behind a tree, and he's like, essentially, he's like, Hello, little girl, tell me where you live. <laughs> Doesn't even ask a name. Doesn't even ask a name yet. Like, has he just been wandering the woods, finding random little girls, like, are you Cosette? No. no. Okay, on never, to the next. Never mind. But, like, it's weird, though, because he doesn't ask Cosette yet. He's literally like, hello, little girl, you're lost in the woods. Where do you live? Yeah. Like, 
tell me where you live. And she's just like, uh, I don't know about... She tries to hide. As you should. As you should when Hugh Jackman, stranger danger. Stranger danger. And then she's just like, I'm called Cuzhat. And he's like, jackpot. Jackpot. Found her, baby. So he goes back to the inn. Mm -hmm. And he is about to purchase a child. Well, I don't think he's purchasing her per se. But he's like, there's a debt that Fontaine has. And I'm going to pay the rest of that debt, and I guess a little extra. A ton more, because apparently she's ill. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, like, they're bargaining. They're, like... They're doing the whole thing of, like, you don't really want this. Let us tell you how bad this thing is. But we actually love the thing. We love this thing. We could never let her go. And so, finally, Hugh Jackman's just like, frickin' fine. Take this money, give me 15, this child. 1,500 francs. Which is a ton of You keep of going, francs. I want to look up how much that is today. So 1,500 francs, and they're, essentially they're just like, yes, this will be the amount that you pay us for this child. The debt, the, like, deliver us the girl and pay off the debt booker. Um, I just want to point out that 1,500 francs in 1823 autofilled on Google, so we know how much Enough people cost. have been Googling it. So they're like, yes, this is a fair amount. Take the child, leave. And cool. So Valjean leaves with Cosette. And the Thenardiers are just like, we should have asked for more. And then Javert shows up and he's just like, where's the child, Cosette? Yeah. Uh, And they're like, "Uh, she's gone with a gent. Didn't leave a home address. And you're like, why does everything have to be sung? So the Thenardiers... Adam, we talked about this. The mm-hmm. Thenardiers are almost a parody of Les Mis in of itself because they say more lines than they sing, which is but they bounce back and forth sometimes within mid sentence. Yeah, and it's so frustrating because you're like, if you're gonna be in, if you're gonna be here, I need you to be here. Like, I need you to buy the concept that you're trying to sell me. If everything is gonna be sung, everything must be sung. Yeah. And no one speaks more plain lines than the Tenardiers. And it's so frustrating because it, when you watch it and you bounce back and forth, you're, you've bought into this idea that everything's going to be sung. Mm-hmm. And then you have them starting to speak. And so it feels off and it throws off the tone. And so you're like, are they here to provide commentary on the fact that this is an operetta? And it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's, it's upsetting. It is. It and is. also, Javert does not come to the Tenardiers in the stage production and be like, where's the girl cassette? But they just needed to add that because we need... I, I don't know if Russell Crowe worked out that he would have X number of scenes on a horse. Who knows? In this production. Yeah. Regardless. Also, they're uh, gone. Cassette cost $18,900. Oh, God. For a human, that's kind of low. <laughs> that's not bad, but for a child... I don't... I thought it would have been higher but i guess no one would have had that much money back then yeah anyway so then he gets cosette and they're riding in a carriage and then this is where we get introduced to the movie only version movie only song called suddenly suddenly and he's literally just talking about how suddenly his life has changed and i'm like yeah we know well yeah you were i just watched it change you were a hugely successful mayor and now you're being hunted again, and now you just bought a child. Suddenly things have changed, Sean. <laughs> Listen, John. And so, yeah. Um, and then there's some, they do some escape antics from Javert. Yep. Um, and basically, he's like, I'm gonna be your dad. 
Yep. And she's like, okay. And she's like, okie dokie. You're a stranger who just uh, confronted me in the woods. You can be my dad. Yeah. So they escape after like this weird sprinting chase scene Mm -hmm. through the city. Javert's chasing them on horseback because he has a horse. He does. That's his third appearance. Yes. Um, And Jean Valjean does this thing that is really important in the books where he is able to scale a flat wall by like doing the thing where like you climb between two parallel walls. You use like the pressure yes. to kind of lift yourself and up. And he does this with Cosette. To, because once again, Hugh Jackman. He's jacked. Hugh Jackman. Jean Valjacked. Jean Valjacked. <laughs> so like you're like, oh yeah, I read the books. I remember that. Gotcha. So he escapes and Javert sings. <laughs> the one of, if performed properly... One of the most beautiful songs for the male baritone voice. Norm Lewis's production of this in the 25th is my favorite. Because in this song, it is essentially Javert laying out why any of this matters to him. Right. And without this, you're like, dude's an asshole. This guy stole bread. Dude's an asshole, and he's kind of psychotic. Yes. But, like, Javert... In, in stars lays out that like this is his destiny he is a man of god and in this song javert equates the lord to the law which they is they're the same they are the same to him yeah. to him because that is what society is mm-hmm. javert grew up he was born his mother was in jail when he was born mm-hmm. uh so like he in his mind was like born of dirt and the law was his redemption. And that's why he loves his job so much is because mm-hmm. that's how he has found his place in society. Yeah. And he, this is his why. This this is his why. Yeah. And so, like, this is such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song when sung with emotion by someone who can sing is easily probably at least my second favorite song in the show. Yeah. It's so good. And then and we have Russell Crowe. <clears throat> this I swear by the stars. Also, this does a, a thing that I've only heard in one of the musicals, where the end of one song is cut off yes, is it by a different in? song, which in movies is typically fine. Like, there's musical motifs, like John Williams in um, Star Wars. Some songs will lead into other songs. Yes. And it works, because it's just the music of the film. No one's actually listening to this. But similar to, I don't remember, if, like, think of Phantom of the Opera, um, where the Phantom is singing on the rooftop about how uh, Raul and Christine will rule the, rue the day that they yes. were portrayed oh, him. power. And it cuts into that, right at the end of his big yep. crescendo. That works because, oh, this is both his sadness and his anger. But here, it cuts from, it cuts off the ending of stars to be like and now it's time for another time jump and now we have transported ourselves into the year uh 33 32 there's a typo on imdb we're using the imdb synopsis oh, okay uh, nine years later nine years later to nine, now 1832 to now paris 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 <clears throat> for for the, you simple for simpletons the, the simple folk out there so many years have passed we're now in Paris, and we're singing essentially kind of maybe a reprise of Look Down. Yeah. Um, but it's like, Look Down, Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, things are not great in Paris. Again, as before in 1823, the poor are getting poorer. The rich, the rich are, are getting, getting richer. richer. And people have had enough of police brutality. Of police brutality. 
And so, anyway, so like, there's this guy named Lamarck. Yes. And this guy, so basically, Jean Maximilien Lamarck. He's real. He's a real human being who existed, um, and he basically he was with Napoleon. Uh, when Napoleon was in power from, like, 1805 to 1812, roughly. Um, and Napoleon, for being painted like a dictator, was pretty good for France. Yeah, like, he did a lot of good. You can't put, like, Stalin or Hitler in the same book as Napoleon. Like, no. Napoleon did good things. He, like... Also, Napoleon invented modern garbage collecting, fun fact. What? Uh, yeah. He, when he was exiled for the first time on the Isle of St. Helens, I believe, he uh, invented a routine garbage collection. Never been done before. And Napoleon's like, we should take care of the garbage. So he's the first person who had common sense in history pertaining yeah. to waste management. This man is the founder of waste management, Napoleon Bonaparte. No joke. This podcast is sponsored by Rump Key. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so Lamarck is like, he's, he's pretty cool. He's he super liberal. With, he was with the poor. Yeah. Because Napoleon was also, he grew up poor, and his policies were all about egalitarianism and equality. But then Napoleon leaves and things got really pretty conservative. Basically, they had a king with Louis the Sixteenth, and he was like, or Marie Antoinette, his wife, was like, let them eat cake if they can't eat bread, which haha never actually said. French Revolution happened, a lot of guillotines, and then Napoleon showed up, and he was like, let's do this, but properly. Then he goes away, and then France is like, but what if we just like had a king again? Yeah, so they go back to a king. So we've gone full, full circle, circle, and nothing's changed. Uh, except Lamarck. Except so Lamarck, Lamarck he, he was a super social kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, or, or a liberal kind of guy. Wasn't he, a socialist, because Karl Marx hadn't been born yet. <laughs> right, so we don't have those words. But he was pretty liberal. He's just yeah. like, hmm, maybe we should, like, help the poor. Yeah. And so people loved him, and they're like, hmm, the era of rebellion is mm. alive. Mm. But Lamarck is about to die. Yeah. Um, which is not great. So we meet some leaders of the revolution. Yes. And um, the first one that we meet is actually the youngest member yes. of this band of... Of basically college students. His name is Gavroche. And this is one thing that bugs me about this movie. Is in the move, in the musical, the stage production, and in the concerts, Gavroche is addressing the audience. Yes. This is a fourth wall break. I don't think we've talked about fourth wall breaks much. They haven't really popped up too so much. So fourth wall breaks are... He's literally singing to the audience. Yeah. So whenever the fourth wall is broken, the idea is that a stage is three walls. The back, the right, the left... And then the fourth wall, quote-unquote, is between you and the audience. Right. And when you address the audience, you break, quote-unquote, the fourth wall. A lot of Mel Brooks movies, including the producers, kind of do this, um, where they reference things happening when Ula says to Leo, why Leo goes so far camera right. Right. It's referencing what's actually happening. And in this, Gavroche is addressing the audience typically now in this he, he provides like if you listen to what he's saying he's providing actual exposition he's but like, like let me give you the context he's of like, what's happening hello he's uh, starts off with like how do you do my, my name, name is gavroche <laughs> these are my people here's my patch right like Which, nothing to look at like he literally is telling us what is happening he's telling us and delivering exposition mm -hmm. about this new wave of rebellion that is right. brewing and petty. And now there's no fourth wall break in Les Mis because initially he's talking to this rich guy in a carriage who we learn later is like Marius's grandfather or whatever. Oh, God. Um, and so he's talking to him and you're thinking, oh, he's going to tell this guy what's happening. Weird, but okay. 
And then the very next scene, he addresses the camera. So he then breaks the fourth wall. So this movie has no consistency on what is breaking the fourth wall and what isn't. Right. Anyway... So we meet Gavroche, and then we quickly meet... Malleus Pontmercy, played by Eddie Redemain. And then we have Enjolras. Enjolras. Played by Aaron Tevet, who yep. is also... Aaron Tevet is an actual Broadway actor, singer, dancer, great guy. Yep. Very talented. Enjolras is a far superior character, in my opinion, than Marius. Oh, we're gonna talk about Marius. Like, Enjolras, his name is only said once... In the movie, never said in the stage production. Correct. But he is, like, the leader of... Of this new rebellion. Of this new rebellion. Yeah. Now that Lamarck is gone, he is the guy. Um, and basically they're like, hey, we're gonna overthrow the government. Here's our plans for revolution. They're literally, like, handing out pamphlets. Yeah. You know, like, hey, come to our pizza party. We're gonna talk about rebellion. Uh, it's at the ABC Cafe. See you there tonight at 8. Uh, I'm gluten-free. We will have gluten-free options. Okay, cool. Cool, yeah, cool, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. cool, cool, cool. I'll uh, be there. So then Marius's grandfather gets out of the carriage, goes up to Marius, and is like, Marius, don't... And he's not singing this, which also bugs right. me. He's like, you've brought shame to your family! Which also, that's not in the musical. This right. was added to be like, Hey, Marius is a rich guy. You're like, ha ha ha, socio-economic conflict. And Eponine, who we, we now see as an adult, we'll also later see Cosette as an, well, teenager, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Eponine's got a thing for Marius. Uh, she does. They are besties. They're besties. So, so now, this is a story. Eponine is the character I think we're all supposed to relate to most. It... it the most of which probably being like angsty teenage girls. She, she's the angsty teenage girl. She's the angsty teenage girl because her and Mary, she is the definition of friend zoned. Oh, hardcore. To the extent where a song is sung to her by Marius as the best friend being like, Oh my God, I just saw this total 10. Like yeah. she is a babe. I, saw I need babe. like, I, as a matter of fact, if you're going to be my best friend, are you my best friend? And she's like, yeah, she's like, yeah, 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 I guess. He's like, cool, find out where she lives. <laughs> <laughs> like, go do my dirty, go Facebook stalk her yes. for me. And meanwhile, she's just like, Haha, okay, you're my best friend. I love you. Please date me. I'm Eponine. Yeah. And but the thing is, her, so her parents, as we mentioned earlier, are the Tardiers, who are bumming around Paris. Yep, they're hanging out. That, which is, as you mentioned before, is not explained in the musical. Yes. But explained in the book. So in the book, the Tenardiers fell on incredibly hard times because their inn was essentially repossessed. Uh, so then they had like nothing, they had like, they had nothing left. And so we, how far in time did we jump forward? Nine years. So in ni- in the course of nine years, everyone's all grown up. They lost the inn. They resorted to crime. They actually spent time in prison as a family, which is really cute of them. Um, but now they're out of prison and living on the streets of Paris. Mm-hmm. So, like, the schoolboy... So, Marius is hanging out with Eponine. They're hanging out in, like, the town square. And she's almost, I guess, quote-unquote, the, like, the bad the bad chick. Yes. Like, the rough girl. She's the bad girl. She's the emo girl. She- <laughs> <laughs> kind of. She, she... Yeah. She is the emo girl of Les Mis. Yeah. And across the square... Marius... Spots Cosette hanging out with Jean Valjean as they're running some errands. And this is like one of... It's my least favorite trope in musicals. Mm. The, I just saw... Like, the Carly Rae... Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy, but this is a musical, so, like, we're absolutely in love now, So we're gonna marry? So, let's just marry? Yes. So, they see each other 
once. Don't talk. Don't talk. They just lock eyes briefly. And because that's like... I'm going to marry that man. I'm going to marry that man. And in in the book, they meet many times. There's like this whole thing where they meet on a park bench... Cute. Yeah, it's cute. It's like along the along the sun. They like meet, and so you're like, okay, this is a possible love story, but not in Lamez. No, the no, movie, no, musical. no, no, no. So they fall in instant love. Marius is just like, in my life. Eddie Redmayne may or may not be Kermit the Frog, because his vibrato, his vibrato in this movie is so upsetting to me. Everyone's vibrato in this movie is so upsetting to me. Except <laughs> Eponine's, because Samantha Barks was actually... Can do no wrong. ...was actually Eponine on stage yes. in London. Yes. So she's the only person who was actually on stage in this production and then hopped to the movie. Right. And so she is... She's flawless. She's perfect. But, she's like, great. why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side that is eddie redemain's voice in this and it is so so frustrating i don't know and to this day given what he's also done i don't know if eddie redemain is a good actor uh i don't think so i know some people who are listening to this that will be upset by that commentary i would tend to agree i don't i have never really appreciated him Uh, there's never been a moment where i'm like wow he really nailed it right it's just kind of like like always so aloof because like odd in this movie he plays an awkward guy looking for love and in the theory of everything he plays an awkward guy looking Looking for for love love. and in fantastic beasts and where to catch them all he where he plays an awkward guy kind of looking for love but mostly his magical animal mostly his magical animal briefcase (laughs) yeah so like they're singing in my life um like amanda seafried is now cassette Amanda so. Seyfried, this is, she's our, our connection from Mamma Mia, here we go again. And in that movie, she recorded in the studio. Yes. And they toned down that vibrato. And it was good. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. And this, they're like, let's just leave it in. Because her vibrato is like a ceiling fan. It's like helicopter It's just so... So they're like singing about like how in their life they never thought they would find love like this. And they Eddie Redmayne is like, I found my love. Cassette's like, I found my love. And Samantha Barks is just like, I love him, but he doesn't love me. And there's this moment where they meet at the gates of where, um, of 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 where Raljean is living. Yes, beautiful um, home, beautiful, beautiful home. country cottage. What does he do to make his money? Is he stealing? We don't know. I think he's just stealing things again. Cool. Back to your old tricks, Valjean. <laughs> and uh, there's this horrible thing, musically speaking, where um, they're introducing themselves. And he's like, "I am Marius Pomerci. and she Oh, hold on. But that it works. goes up higher that because... Hand time, cut it! Oh, God! It's just like... <laughs> it's like Vietnam it's like helicopter. She, it's like as she's singing, I'm just slapping her face back and forth. It's so and upsetting. She does it, like, on cue, and it's so bad. So, like, they find oh. love. They instantly fall in love. Yeah. Um... It's also worth noting that there's a moment where Tenardier tries to get Valjean 
when they're in the town square. So he tries to rob him. He doesn't recognize to... him at first. Right. And then Madame Chenardier is like, oh shit, that's the guy who bought Cassette. Yeah, so they pull him into a tent by saying, like, please, monsieur, monsieur, like, come look at my, like, come look at my kid. Like, I have a baby. This baby's dying. I can't feed him. Give us some money. And then Madame Thenardier is just like, mm, wait a bit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Press pause. Back up, back Slow up. Slow down there, Speed Racer. <laughs> Aren't you the dude that technically in the book caused all of their economic woes? Oh. Yes. So that is why they actually hate Valjean. Is because he, by taking Cosette, put them in the eye of the police, which forced them to close down the inn. Gotcha. Peek behind the curtain. But, mm. so, in this, they hate him because... Hey, you know. did that thing one time! You did that thing one time by purchasing a child from us? Well, I guess it's also implied at the end of their bargaining scene that he kind of ripped them off. Because she met... Madame Thenardier says to Thenardier... Weird. Um, like, like, this is all we got. And he says, like, next time, I promise. I'll but, get, like, they more still got time. a lot of money. They still got, yeah, like, like a, a good amount. $18,000. Right. And so, like, they, they try to rob him, and then Javert shows up with Javert Hat 3. Yes. Which the, is essentially the, his first, his Javert Hat number 2 now turned sideways. sideways. Which is, like, your quintessential, like, like, French hat. Like, where like, it's pointy on the front, where you could be, like, a woodpecker. You could like put a, a hot dog in the middle yeah. of it. It's like a hot dog bun. Hot dog hat, Javert. Yeah. So he shows up, and he's just like... In one of my favorite songs, for some reason. I love all of the Javert songs. They all yeah. have the same exact tune. Mm-hmm. But he's like, another brawl in the square, another stink in the air. Monsieur, the streets are not safe, but let these vermin beware. We'll see that justice is done. And he starts roasting the people around him. He's like, look at this collection of vermin crawled from underneath a stone. And so, like, he's like, he originally tells... Valjean, he's just like, Sir, you don't belong here. Get out of here because it's clear you were just mugged. And then yeah. he, like, recognize, Javert recognizes Thenardier and he's, he has kind of, like, one of those, like, you moments. And Thenardier's like, Listen, I know we've had our troubles. You don't want me. You want the guy with the brand upon his chest, 24601, that just ran away. And Javert's just like, Oh, God damn it! Uh. Like, yeah. is he back? Like, he's fr- I'm so freaking pissed he's back. Yeah. And he's like, could it be he's some old jailbird? And then Tenardi's like, so... I'm gonna go. I'm good, right? I'm gonna go. And Tenardier's just like... Er, not Tenardier. Javert's just like, okay, everyone about your business, clear this garbage Shut up. Shut up. Go away. Nothing to see here. Yeah. So, like, now Javert is back in the picture with a cool his coolest hat yet. The hot dog hat. Hot dog hat. And he's just like, God damn it. Yeah. Valjean is back. He's now my here. now my obsession continues. Yes. So then we cut to um, the ABC Cafe. Um, Where the revolution is in full swing. Which I think this has the best intro music, in my opinion. Yeah. Where it goes, bum, 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 da, 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 da. Dun, 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 dun. Can you imagine, like, what if that was what Bernie Sanders' campaign headquarters was like? Ooh. Ooh. Just a bunch of young kids with pamphlets. That's what his headquarters was. <laughs> Red, the blood of angry men. A black of the color of despair. <laughs> black is the color of despair. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so now they're in the ABC. <laughs> now I just cafe. can't imagine Andros as Bernie Sanders. Do you hear the people sing? Adam, I'm gonna be honest. I I hate the rebellion. So we're gonna like speed through the There's, rebellion. It's a pretty quick thing. It's a pretty quick thing. So they're like singing about how they're gonna rebel and how things are gonna be great. And then Gavroche rushes in and he's like, "Hey everyone, I've got some news. General Lamarck is dead. Lamarck is dead." And then they burst into. Is this where they do? No, they don't. This is uh, with the red. The blood of angry men. Yeah, so they do that. The color of despair. Which also, that song has some pretty great memes, in my opinion. My favorite is, uh, uh, there was a tweet I saw, actually yesterday, that was, red, the blood of angry men, black, and then it was just a black pear, the color of despair. (laughs) The color of despair. (laughs) Or, my favorite, the other one, is also, red, the blood of angry men, black, and it's a picture of a black bear, the color of despair. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so then the next day, uh, Lamarck's funeral is going through town, and they're like, now's our time. Now's our chance. But we have to take a step back. We skipped some things. What did we skip? So, when they when they do the, like, my heart full of love. Oh, yes. And so, I'm it, And I'm present. So, Ebony is watching all of this, and she's <clears> just like, oh, oh, sad curl hours. So she sings... In the rain. I would say probably the most solid, best-performed song Mm. in the 2012 movie... Yes. ...on my own. Mm -hmm. Also the song of every 16-year-old girl's breakup from her significant other. Yes. And it's it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. She's literally singing in the rain. (laughs) It's it's incredible. (laughs) Like, I honestly... It it sheds a single tear. Um... And so she, while she's singing that, they're hanging out at the gates uh, mm-hmm. to Room de la, Rue de la May, I believe is the name of where they live. Yes. And uh, Thenardier pops up because he wants to go rob Jean Valjean. He's like, he's going to be gone soon, so let's take what he's like. Got. I'm going to take his shit. And so he is about to rob them, and Eponine's just like, no, I love the people who live here. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do that. Or I'll scream. Or I'll scream. And he's just like, if you scream, I'm going to murder you. And, and then she screams. She screams. And they're like, oh, oh shit. So they run away. But right. Valjean hears this from within the house. Mm. And Valjean is very, very, very scared these days. Understandably he's, he's, he's so. very paranoid um, for a number of reasons. A, he has not told Cosette a lot about her past. Or his past. Or his past. She knows really nothing about him, and they have been actively on the run for pretty much their entire lives. Right. Um, And because they're constantly on the run, he's always on the lookout, he believes for some reason, it doesn't really make sense in the movie, but he hears the scream, and he's just like, ah, yes, Javert is here. (laughs) What? That was not a police siren. That was Samantha Bark screaming. Also... There's no police sirens in 1832. So why do you hear a female scream and be like, Javert. Must be Javert. So Valjean's just like, oh shit. I saw him in the square today. Uh, Now he's come for me. He's like, Cosette, get in here from the garden. Get away from that boy at the gate. Mm -hmm. We're gonna leave. Like, we're going to take a ferry across the sea. We're going to London tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and she's just like, and if he had done oh, that, no. then we could have crossed paths with Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, so cool. Was that happening? Actually, no. Sweeney Todd took place way later than this. <laughs> anyway, so he's like, I am gonna take my daughter. 
we're going to run away mm-hmm. to live for another day. Or you could say, one day more. One day more. One day more is, for those of you who have not seen Sage Productions, is the song before intermission. Um, it is. I thought Do You Hear People Sing was. I thought that was the end of Act 1. This is right before Do You Hear the People Sing. No, because One Day More ends with them waving the flags at the barricade, and then I'm almost positive. Let's check that real quick. Okay, f- fine. Double check me on that. So they sing One Day More, um, and everyone's singing about how they've got one more day to do their various tasks. So <laughs> yes. Valjean and Cassette have one more day until they escape to London. Uh, the schoolboys have one more day until they launch their revolution. Uh, Javert is now going to join... Am I right? The, no, you are. Of course I am. But they... Don't try to tell no, me no, my No, no, they shit. renumber the things. The songs are out of order from the stage production. Could this do you hear yes. people saying? Yes. Heart full of love. Correct. I'm so confused. Yeah, they move things around a lot of this. Uh, it's super frustrating to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So One Day More is the song Sorry before intermission. And tr- traditionally, a thing in musical theater is songs um, before intermission will in some way, shape, or form encompass all of the musical numbers, or at least the big ones that have occurred up until that point. Yes. And so, in One Day More, we get a little bit of everything. And it's basically all the characters, like, we're about to cut for 15 minutes. You can go yep. get some candy and get some cheap wine yep. and go to the bathroom. So here's what everyone's feeling right now. Yeah. So you know what to expect when you come back to your seats. Correct. Um, It's setting the stage for like, here's some things to keep fresh in your mind for when we come back, we can jump right in. Right. One Day More is probably one of the most famous. Is probably the second most famous after... It's also been parodied multiple times. Yes. Including the South Park movie, Longer, Bigger, and Uncut. Yes. My favorite parody is the Key and Peele. Yes. Where they're like, why can't we just talk... (laughs) And everyone keeps singing. Yes. yes. It's if, like, you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's, it's definitely worth a definitely worth a Google. So they yeah. sing one day more. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's getting ready for the revolution. The next day, the next day. is the funeral of General Lamarck. Yes. Um, and it's things are going well. The schoolboys jump out at this this funeral procession and they start waving the flag, being like, Time for revolution. Now before you get to that real quick, a few things I want to talk about in one day more. So Valjean and Cazette are gonna peace out. The schoolboys are going to revolt. Yes. Javert is going to go undercover. Correct. As a schoolboy. Correct. Or, that sounds weird. Even though as, he's like as a college student. <laughs> and be like, I'm with you all. Sorry. I'm with you all. <laughs> um, and then the Tenardiers just kind of go get more stuff. The Tenardiers <laughs> are what you would call opportunistic. So the Tenardiers yeah. are like, cool, so there's about to be a little war. Mm-hmm. So we're going to just... Steal Pick things. up what, what gets left behind. Yeah, so yeah. they like join the revolution, but only so that they can steal things as they go. They're it's, they're not war profiteers, but they're what are they're, they they're opportunists. Of, I mean, they're not selling the weapons, but they're stealing weapons. I assume to sell later. That's true. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, so that's where everyone is. Yeah. So then they have the the, the funeral. Everyone's running around. Eponine also. Yes. And one day more, decides that she's going to do a little cross-dressing. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's the school boys revolution. It's the boys! So she dresses up like a dude, uh, yeah. so that she can be present at the barricade when the barricade arises. Yes. So that's what Eponine's doing. Mm-hmm. Marius, obviously, is a part of the revolution. And he's like, do I go with Cassette? Do I stay or do I, I dare? dare? And then he decides, yes, I'm going to... I dare! I dare, I'm going to join the revolution. Is yeah. that everyone? 
Have we caught up on all of our characters? Yeah. Thanks, One Day More. Yeah. Funeral procession! Yep. Schoolboys jump up on the funeral procession of General Lemak. Yes. And they start waving the red flag. And, like, things are relatively peaceful. Yeah. Until a French soldier is really nervous and decides to fire upon this like the procession and things go crazy pretty quick yeah. everyone retreats into the heart the city the like heart of london or paris, of paris petty yeah. uh and they build a barricade by just throwing shit out windows yeah there are many barricades technically speaking mm-hmm. uh they barricade major city roofs and mm-hmm. streets yes. um but we're only following the one this one barricade yes um, this is this is funny because after this event, the designers and the city planners of Paris redesigned a bunch of the streets in Paris to be way too wide to be barricaded. To be barricaded because they're like genius. Can't do this shit again. Not not again. Anyway, so that's if you ever visit Paris, all the streets are hella wide. Yeah. Like, they can't put that many couches in the way. <laughs> there's just not a, there's simply not enough couches. <laughs> anyway, so like as they're building the barricade, they're singing about building the barricade slash do you hear the, the people sing? sing? Which I think is probably the second song in this musical that is meant to be... Its own thing. It's, it's own not thing. dialogue. It's actually a song that they're singing. This one... It's like the song of the revolution. This one I would excuse and be like, this is actually occurring. Yes. Like, this isn't dialogue of, hey everyone, do you hear us singing? Do you hear the people sing? <laughs> do you hear us? We're singing. It's a song of angry, angry men. men. Um, so they, they build the barricade and then they're like, okay, so we have a barricade. We did yeah. not do a ton of planning. We really, really need to figure out like what the plan of the army is. So they're like, we need a spy. We need someone on the inside. So they turn, so Javert's just like, I can be the spy. And he's uh-huh. like, I served and fought in their wars. I'll be the spy. Yeah. And so he goes off, um, and they do There's also, barricade stuff. This moment bothers me. Because Gavroche, who we will realize in a moment, is way smarter than we give him credit for, agrees to this. And is like, yes, go yes. tell us your secret. Go tell us their secrets. And then, uh, I can't imagine. I can't remember now. Then, basically later that night, Javert comes back. Yes. And is like, this is the plan. I have learned what they've said. I have been behind the lines. And he's like, they're going to starve you out. Yep. They're not going to attack tonight. Yep. So we got to do something quick because we can't be starved out. Which is a lie. Which he's lying. He's like, they're going to attack tonight. And then after he comes back, Gavroche is like, well, it's the weird, like, jaunty music. Right. Good evening, good inspector. Lovely evening, my dear. And the most cockney sing. I whatever. It's Again, fine. everyone in Les Mis, <laughs> which takes place in France, has a British accent, and I don't know why. So Gavroche is like, expose him. Oh! So he exposes Javert, and they're like, okay, you're a spy. Tie him up in the bar. We'll deal with him later. And they were about to like hang him. Yeah. And they're like, calm down. Let's just. Let's we'll, just like we'll give him a tribunal. We'll right. like give him a people's court. Right. To which Javert responds with the most metal response. He's just like, "Shoot me now or shoot me later." Every schoolboy to his sport. Death to each and every traitor. I renounce your people's court. It's like, oh Ooh. shit! He's just like, "Shoot me, bitch!" Like, kill me. 
Hit me! Hit me! <laughs> I am Javert! Kill me now! And so, yeah. Then, at this point, um, Valjean gets a letter. Intercepts a letter. Quick pause. I'm jumping ahead, aren't I? A little bit. Okay. It's so tricky because, like, I don't care enough about this half of the movie. Yeah. But, like, to me, everything after we transition into Paris is boring. It's... The thing is, people remember the barricade. Right. They remember the barricade. They remember do you hear the people sing. Right. But give me the... If you ask anyone who's seen Les Mis once, what happens at the barricade? Well, everyone dies. Okay, cool. But a lot happens. There's, like, an hour worth of content at the frickin' barricade. Yeah. And so, like, first, there's the first wave of assaults on the barricade by the French army. So the French attack the barricade... Uh, and in, as fighting ensues, some soldiers are climbing onto the barricade mm-hmm. to shoot down at the rebels, and... You, you say that they're looking down? I would say that they're looking down. I'm surprised they didn't sing that song so I could know what action was currently occurring on screen as I watched <laughs> it. One of the soldiers goes to shoot Marius, and mm-hmm. a boy jumps in front and takes the bullet for, for Marius, yes. and then Marius grabs a gunpowder keg, and he's just like... Back off or I'm going to blow this. And they're like, like a torch. And even torch. The, the school was like, what are you doing? Everyone's just like, ah, this is not the plan. Whoa. And the soldiers are just like, go ahead and blow it up. Like, you'll kill yourself. And he's just like, yes, and me with it. And they're like, okay, clearly. Okay, this, this guy means business. I'm just going to. Okay, we're going to back off. And so they go to like help the boy who take the bull- who took the bullet for Marius. And it turns out it was <gasps> cross-dressing Eponine. Oh. So she sings a little fall of rain. As it. Starts as it starts to rain, freaking raining. <clears throat> Do you get it? Do you get it? It's sad. It's raining. Um, <sighs> and so she, she, she dies. She dies. Um, bye bye. So they deliver. So Marius is just like, well, that's kind of sad. But I'm gonna write a letter to my one true love, <laughs> who I've only talked to once. He very quickly pivots. He's just like, my best friend just died. But where's my side hoe at? Where's that? So Ooh. he gives a letter to Gavroche, which is different than in the musical. Mm. Um, but so Gavroche goes and delivers a letter from Marius to Cassette to Valjean. And Valjean reads this letter. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, uh, have I been a helicopter parent? Yeah, he has been a helicopter parent. So because Marius is expressing his love, it's just like, and he literally says, and he kills me, he's just like, can it, Can you believe it's been only a day since we've met, but now you're my true love? If I was reading this as a parent, I'd be like, he's a stalker, stay away from my daughter. <laughs> but Javert, Javert, Valjean sees this and is like, ah, a good upstanding gentleman, a fine man who will save my daughter, daughter. from the cruelty I've put her through. Correct. And so he's just like, uh, but there's a revolution going on. And now my daughter's love interest is going to die. So he's like, fine, I'm going to go join the, the revolution. revolution. And he does so by somehow acquiring a French army uniform. Similar to the one that Tenardier was wearing in Master of the House. It's very confusing. Well, Tenardier was in the French army. True, he, he was. He was a retired, so that was his retired uniform. But I, it's not explained. He has like this brand new uniform and he shows up at the barricades and the rebels almost shoot him because the they're French like... French army surplus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they just had too much. Yeah, they're like... Wholesale. Yeah. So too many uniforms. He shows up at the barricade and the rebels are just like, uh, soldier, we're going to shoot you. And he's like, no, 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 no. 
I'm good. I'm just here to join the revolution. And they let him in. They're like, okay. Okay. And so, <laughs> so he like, there's a sniper on a roof. He shoots the sniper. Yep. So Andrew Ross is like, okay, I trust you. Mm-hmm. Things are good. So now Valjean is at the barricade. Eponine's dead. Yeah. Um, and they're like, we're not going to survive this much longer. Valjean can read a room. So he's just like, people are probably, these are, all these people are going to die, but I really don't want Marius to die. Because he's a fine looking gentleman who is stalking my daughter. Correct. But like, before we handle the Marius problem, we need to handle the spy Javert. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. So Angel Ross is like, are you another spy like the one in there? And then like, they lock eyes. Javert and Valjean lock <laughs> eyes. For like, for like Javert the 10th been, time in the film. Yes. Javert has been beaten and is tied up in the bar and they lock eyes. And Valjean's just like, so I saved your life, so you're going to let me go and execute that dude. And they're like, sure. (laughs) All right. So they hand him a pistol, and they're like, cool, go do whatever you're going to do. Go kill him. So they take him back. Valjean takes him out to the back alley, takes him out to the pasture. And shoots him in the forehead. And and executes him in cold blood. (laughs) No, he, he like, unties him, or he pulls out a knife. And he, like, goes on... T- well, he has a knife, and Javert's like, I knew it, you're gonna kill me with a knife. Like, how, how right you kill me with a knife, you, yeah. like, you monster. You... And, he un- and, he, and he cuts off the rope. And he's like, wait, what? And Javert's like, does not compute. <sighs> My honor! Criminals be criminals, and you're not a criminal, what? And so, Valjean is like, listen, dude... For the love of God. Let it. You are wrong. You have always been wrong. I'm literally just a dude trying to live my life and help other people. Yeah. And Javert's just like, uh, can you just kill me? That would make more sense than what's currently happening. Yeah. And Valjean's just like, no. Nope. And he takes the pistol and just shoots it up in the air. So the rebels hear the gunshot. So they think Javert's dead. And he Val- basically tells Javert, like, go. Go. Uh, this is your chance. Go. He says, go. And he's like, you, when this is all over, you can find me. And he gives him an address. He's just like, this is where I'm going to go. After all of this is over, you can come find me. And if you need to arrest me, then that's what you need to do. And fine. Fine. I don't care. Whatever. At this point, Valjean's like, fuck it. I don't care. I don't care. Put me back in prison. Like, let me just get Marius to safety so then I can <sighs> know that Cosette is safe. Yeah. And then Javert, you prick. I, like... Come arrest me and we'll be fine. And yeah. so he's like, leave. So Javert runs away. And Hugh Jackman then sings, Bring him home. Bring him home. This song is absolutely, this song is fascinating to me. Because it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. But it all takes place in the highest octaves known to man. <laughs> and so I would encourage every person that might accidentally find themselves in this podcast listening to this go listen to alfie bow perform bring him home Mm -hmm. at the 25th anniversary concert because it is mind-blowing it is the most powerful singing i i honest to god have like just ever ever heard in my life yeah in my life alfie bow sings like an angel the light of whatever go listen to bring him home hugh jackman's rendition what are your thoughts it's okay. It's fine. It's a bit vibrato-y for me. It's it's unapologetically Hugh Jackman's version. Yes. But I don't hate it. No. I just don't like it. It's it's like... You know how everyone has their favorite name brand, insert whatever, whether it's mac and cheese, Oreos, 
like Kraft Mac and Cheese, Oreos, Snickers bars, whatever. Velveeta. Velveeta. You're a Velveeta guy? Okay. That'd be like me going to Kroger or whatever the grocery store is near you and being like, hey, I got you some mac and cheese. Right. I got you your favorite. And it's Kroger brand shells and cheese. Right. It's like... Or it's like great value. It's like... It is mac and cheese. Am I going to eat it? Yeah. Do I still enjoy it? Yeah. But do I like it? Right. There's just something missing. And to me, what's missing is the power and passion. Yes. Because Les Mis was written to be, once again, performed by powerful singers. Yes. And seeing these songs adapted and brought down, it, there there really genuinely is something missing. And it's hmm. it's like all of these songs are sung at 50% effort. Yes. And another yes. weird thing that I will mention with this song, because I forgot to mention it with One Day More, is the mixing of the audio is very weird in this movie. Because what they did is they had people obviously sing live, and they had them with uh, earpieces in. So they could hear themselves sing. So they could hear themselves sing, but also hear the music. Mm -hmm. So it's like you putting in AirPods and just listening to Dancing Queen, and then singing Dancing Queen. But the weird thing is, when they go and play it back, and when they mix it for the final movie, the music just seems quiet. Yes. And it's it almost makes it feel... Less like they are singing than they are sing speaking. Yes. And it's and which is not what it's supposed to be. And so it, it it's it's a very weird phenomenon where you're watching it and you're like listening to one day more and you all you have to like struggle to hear the actual music track that they're singing to, which is a tragedy because the music is one of the most beautiful parts. Yeah. And so, like, and this is another thing that pops up in Bring Him Home, mm -hmm. is Bring Him Home is at its best when it's reaching its peak, when the music is its loudest, and he, you know, if I die, let me die, is the most beautiful part of that song. But in the in this movie, it's, like, silent. Yeah. And you're like, it, it feels like just such watered-down music. And it's so disappointing to me. So he sings Bring Him Home... Mm -hmm. Referring to bringing Marius home, returning him to safety. Yeah. And so then, the next morning, uh, the uh, the army attacks. Gavroche dies. Oh, in yeah. the dumbest way possible. Gavroche just, like... He dies for nothing! Out of the hubris of being small. Yes. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go loot the dead. And, like, the army is right there. They're chilling. They're just, like, I... they're watching. Because they're the army. And he has this whole thing about, like, you know... Little people can do things, too. You know... But he's just like... Little people can do. But he, like, crawls out in front of the barricade and is actively looting dead bodies for bullets. And, and you see that the army is, like, shooting near him yeah, as warning shots. Like, hey, kid, go back. They're, like, target practice. It shows... Like, one of the snipers shoots, and then it cuts to the view of the sniper... And he's, like, looking at his buddy just like, Haha, like I just <laughs> shot at a kid. Yeah. Which, gross. Terrible. Horrible. Awful. <sighs> but then, like, Gavroche gets shot once, and he it keeps going! going. <laughs> In the musical, I'm like, he's shot out of tragedy. Not yes. out of stupidity. Out of stupidity. It's their fighting. He's singing his song about what little people can do. Yes. He gets up. To start fighting, and then they shoot him, it's more tragic. Here, I have no sympathy for you, Gavroche. I'm like, dude, you just took one to the shoulder, 
like crawl back to the barricade, but because at, le- at least that point you'd be alive and your friends would have at least one bullet. But like, <laughs> like you can probably get bandaged up and you're near a cafe which has alcohol. They can clean it out. You're right. going to be fine. But no, you decide to keep crawling and then die. So Gavroche dies and I'm not that upset about it. Nope. I hate Gavroche in this. He's not fun. He's my least favorite rebel, which is saying something because Harry, young Harry from Mamma Mia! Exclamation point, here we go again, is it's- one of the schoolboy rebellion men. And he's there, yeah. and I should hate him more. Yeah. But no, I hate this dumb child. Yeah, <sighs> it's fun that <sighs> that young Harry, a French rebel, his song on me. Here we go again was Waterloo. Yeah, so he's Here just he got is. French all over him. How do you think he got cast? <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's the final battle. They get rid of the barricade Barker, which is a French soldier who mm-hmm. yells at the barricade and essentially says like. Okay, you at the barricade, listen to this. The people of Paris sleep in their beds. You have no chance. No chance at all. Like, why throw your lives away? Yeah. And this is a role that, when performed on Broadway, I think it's super cool, is usually performed by a guest star of some sort. Mm -hmm. So there's videos of a bunch of different famous people performing this, and they're just, like, in... You don't see the person on stage. They're just on a microphone, usually in the pit. Mm-hmm. Or backstage. And so, like, you and see... like, reading the lines. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, you want to come do this? Sure. It's like, sure, why not? So it's cool, because if you're sitting in the audience, it could be a different person every night. Right. And so, like, it's been Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm almost positive James Franco has done it. It's obscure. I know there have been cast members from the 25th that have done it as well. On Dame the... Judy Dench. Dame Judy... <laughs> Dame Judy Dench did it as well. That's what... I would love to hear that one. Oh, you people of France, you sleep in their beds. <laughs> you have nothing to... Re- I don't know how I got into the French army, but here I am, and don't worry about it. I signed up. <laughs> so they took out that role, which is highly upsetting to me. Yeah. Um, it's the little things. And yeah. they, like, have the final battle, and things are not going well. Spoiler alert, the schoolboys all die. Um, the, re- the revolution historically only lasted two days. Yes. And, and then was quickly quashed. And, like, the schoolboys, in a... I, I don't understand necessarily the logistics of the barricade, because the way I see it is a road goes two ways, yes? <laughs> and there are other roads around them. Yes. And you see the other roads around them, so they've barricaded one direction of the road. Is there no opportunity for retreat? To just kind of Their go. choice to escape is to go upstairs in the cafe, destroying the stairs beneath them, and hiding. And just lock themselves. And lock themselves. Trap themselves on the second story. So what do the French soldiers do? They go downstairs and just point their guns in the air. <laughs> and, and just shoot the ground. Shoot them. The and kill all of them. Yeah. And and, and they, then, they do another round where they shoot Enjolras. And he like stumbles and half falls which out the also, window. also it's Enjolras and the other, the black haired guy who was making fun of Marius for yeah. being in love. Yeah. And like. The drunk guy. Yeah. Enjolras holds up the red flag. And I'm. I literally thought, like, who are you holding it up for? Who is this for? Who is watching this that would care? You don't know you're in a movie. You don't know that you're performing this for people. You're a character in a story. Why are you holding up the flag? Who is this? You're about to die! (laughs) This isn't the Tamda. Run! Run! Get out of there! (laughs) Tactical retreat! But no. They have to fight another day, but he, like, he gets shot and he falls out the window. And dramatically. And dramatically holding holding the flag. flag. While all of this is happening, um, Valjean takes a wounded Marius. Marius was shot in mm-hmm. the shoulder, in the shoulder, or in the arm. 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 He was shot in the arm during this final attack. Yes. Um, and so, 
minor side pack pedal here. The French had cannons. Yes. And it took them that long to overtake the barricade. Those cannons are heavy. Oh, what? <laughs> what? I mean, I mean, historically speaking, this this would be like... We record these episodes on Fridays. Um, this would be like if tomorrow I was like, Joe, I'm starting a revolution. And then on Monday I was dead. Right. And everything I stood for ended. Like, that's how quick this happened. And they had they had cannons and it took... And you know they had cannons because they all... And so, like, but it still took them time to overtake the barricade. I'm like, just stand by the cannons and just shoot, like, five cannonballs and the shit will be over. Yeah. Anywho, Valjean carries a wounded Marius Marius into the sewers. Because he's like, we can't go up, we can't go left or right. Gotta go down. Gotta go down. So he pushes him through a hole in the wall. And it takes him a while to get him down, which I only equate to... I guess Javert is a lifter, and he never did the rowing yes, machine, he, so I guess he can't pull things. Awful, awful he lower can, body. He can only go up and down. <laughs> he can't go left or right. So he, so they're in the sewers, and they escape. The schoolboys are all dead. The revolution, over. Yeah. They're in the sewers, and they, like, pass out, I guess? So they both pass out in the sewers, and they wake up to Thenardier. He's back! He's, like... The rash you can't quite get rid of. Yes. He is a terrible skin infection. And he's like looting bodies. Because well, there are multiple bodies in the sewers. Which I, I... Is that a thing they did? No. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he's going to take... He takes off Marius's ring. Yes. And he's like, oh... Ah, uh, yes, a golden ring. Oh, yeah. And Valjean wakes up and he's like, uh... Stop and... Denardi just like runs away. Well, he's like, how do I get out of here? And Denardi is like, over there to the left. And he's like, okay, cool. And leaves. And leaves. And so this whole time, Inspector Javert is like walking around and he's having, he's he's a little conflicted. Yeah, he's like, Valjean Cause, like, saved me. Yes, he's like, and he's stepping over the bodies of dead teenagers. Now mind you, he's had time to go back to, I guess, and HQ change. and change. And change. Yeah. He has changed. Uh, he has a new hat. No, same hat. Same hat? Same hat. Same hat. I think a different uniform. Same, different uniform. Yes, because yeah. he has a different uniform because he has the... Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's like having a tough time coming to terms with what's happening because he's stepping over children, literally like teenagers. Who like, are I think dead. we see the body of Gavroche. Yeah. And this is the one moment where you're like, oh, Javert is a human. Yes. He sees Gavroche's body. As, his, as he's standing in a pool of blood. And he sees Gavroche lined up with these other college kids... And takes off this little metal and puts it on Gavroche's body. And that's... I liked that. Yeah. I was like, okay, he recognizes that this kid got swept up in something he had no right being swept up in. And he fought for what he believed in. I didn't believe in it. He believed in it. Good for you, kid. You get a medal. All right. Everyone else was old enough to know better. Yes. You were, you know, too young. Anyway. But Jafar has an addiction. And he has an addiction for Jean Valjean. So he sees that the sewer is open, and he doesn't see Jean Valjean, so he's like, hmm. Okay, so obviously he's in the sewers. Yeah. So he goes, and he tracks him down, and as, just as Jean Jean Valjean. Just as Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean is done crawling and pulling this unconscious Marius through literally miles of shit. He comes out to an opening, mm-hmm. and he looks up dramatically, and who's looking down? down? It's Javert. It's Javert. Very dramatically, like, backlit. 
Yeah. I'm like, whoa, okay, cool. Yeah. And and they immediately start singing. <laughs> and Valjean's basically like, dude, listen, I I swear to God, like I... this dude has done nothing wrong. Yeah. Like, like, let me get him to safety and then you can have me. I don't give a shit. Give as me, I'm covered in shit. It looks so like, gross. Like, give me an hour. Give me one hour. Yes. And I will come to you. Yes. And Val, and Javert's just like, nope. No. I want you now. And so Valjean does the wall climbing thing again. But this time... With, with a full-grown man. With a full-grown man. And he gets to the top. And they're both just covered in human waste. Yep. And Javert's holding a gun against him. And he's like, take one more step and I will kill you. And Valjean looks back at him and just walks and away. And just walks away. And he's like, nope. Nope. And so Javert, but Javert doesn't shoot. He doesn't. So like, this... I will defend Javert till the day that I die. He's my favorite character in all of this. Okay. Because he, he's a lovely guy. At heart, he is doing what he knows to be right. Yes. And when exposed... To new ideas and new concepts. Yes. He changes. Ish. Ish. He changes here. Because we now go the in, worst. We now go into the song that the album called uh, that that is officially known as Javert's Soliloquy. Also known as Javert's Suicide. So you were telling me when I told you about this, you're mm-hmm. like, I don't think it's enough I don't think what has happened is enough for him to kill himself. No, I think that he could have ruminated on it a little bit longer and been like, let me think this through. Let me think, if he's so much into the Lord yes, and faith, then he knows that sinners can be redeemed. And he's basically looked at Valjean as a sinner and been like, you are irredeemable. You are irredeemable. And that's what he's done his entire life. But yet, the faith he holds so near and dear to his heart, Jesus forgave the worst people. So it's confusing to me that he's like, yes, forgive those who have sinned, except Valjean. But Javert looks at the law through the le- th- looks at the Lord through the lens of the law. So in mm. order for you to be faithful, you must be lawful. Okay. So he sees, and that is the reason why he holds the law above what are probably, let's be honest, pretty modern interpretations of Christianity. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we, I think we largely just kind of ignored the New Testament for at least 19, until 1905, maybe? Ish. Ish, give or take. So, like, it's Javert, to be a man of God, you must be a man of laws. Yes. And so he has spent his entire life being a man of laws. Mm-hmm. And he has spent the last 25 years mm-hmm. being a man chasing down a criminal. Fair. That is his core drive. If this was Westworld, that is his core <laughs> That is his main core drive. Yeah. And so, but within the course of like a day, mm-hmm. his worldview has been completely flipped upside down. Because mm-hmm. in this period of time, there was no such thing as redemption. That's fair. That is why they beat down criminals mm-hmm. the way that they did. And that is why they forced them to live within the restrictions that they did. Mm. And so, because there was no way to be redeemed. But the things that Javert has seen from mm-hmm. Valjean in the past day yeah. have been pretty pretty strange. Yes. If he was an irredeemable criminal, then mm-hmm. why didn't he shoot him? 
Why didn't he execute him when he had the chance? He would have had the opportunity to stop the man who is very menacingly being had chased him his entire life, and mm-hmm. he didn't. And in fact, he offered to turn himself in. Yeah. And then now he's saving someone else's life. Yeah. And then he offers to turn himself in once again. So in the eyes of Javert. Everything is wrong. Everything is wrong. Like, wait a minute. Wait, hold on, hold on. My life, the stress the- of the modern office has caused me to come depressed. <laughs> Do a flip. Do a flip. His, his whole world is upside down as like, as echoed in his sentiments during the soliloquy. Yes. Which, if you want to talk about how they... Yeah. Are... So this is, I think, this musical, like many other musicals, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, falls into... In my opinion, it's both genius and also lazy. I guess it's a situation of musical writers working smarter, not harder. (laughs) Write four melodies and then... Or give each character a motif. It's a motif. Javert has his own motifs. Valjean has his. Tenardiers have theirs. So on and so forth. And then write variations of that depending on the situation. This music, or this song, echoes very much... Valjean soliloquy, the beginning of the movie, or the musical, where he is talking about how he is being reborn because his whole worldview of I am nothing, I am worthless, has been changed by the priest or the, by the yes. bishop saying, You are worth something and you are a human he being. He has found new life. And he's been Here, rebirthed. We see Javert doing the same thing, but in reverse, yes. where he's like, Everything I've known has been challenged, and therefore everything I now know is either wrong, and I can't live in a world where Valjean right. is the good guy. Yes. So there's a great line in Valjean's soliloquy where he says, I'll escape now from this world, from the world of Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean means nothing now, another story must begin. And Javert goes, you know, as he's as he's trembling with the darkness, right? As he's mm-hmm. reaching into the void, yep. the stars, the stars that were once his guide, mm-hmm. were, you know, representative of his faith. They are now black and cold. Mm-hmm. He's staring into this, to this void of this world that cannot hold, and I quote, I'll escape now from that from world. From that world. From that the world, world of, of Jean, Jean Valjean. Valjean. There is nowhere I can turn. There is no way to go on. And, and so with Valjean's ending with, I'm going to keep going, a different man. Javert's like, I can't go on. I can't go on now because this is no longer this world. This world is Jean Valjean's world. And I can't live there. Correct. And I just love this song because it, like, point by point outlines, like, his mental trauma that he's currently undergoing. Mm -hmm. He's like, who is this man? What sort of devil is he? He's going through the stages of grief. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, wait a minute. Questioning. Um... And so he's like, this man, how could he catch me in a trap and choose to let me go three? It was his hour at last. This was his time to put a seal on my fate and to like, you know, to to live the rest of his life. All he had to do was flick a knife. Vengeance was his. And he gave me back my life. So now he's like, okay, this man maybe not, may not be a criminal, but now technically my honor is, you know, is sullied. Because mm-hmm. now I owe my life to a criminal. Yep. And so his entire worldview flips yep. almost immediately. So I guess he jumps off a bridge. So he jumps off a bridge. Do a flip. <laughs> and when he jumps off the bridge in the stage production, the one that I saw, it was the national tour, it was a very interesting way they did it, where he lifted up. Yes. 
and the bridge kind of flew off the stage and then there was a back projection of the water and yep. he basically moved backwards so it was like he was falling into the water yep. back front or back first in this movie we see him jump off the bridge oh god Adam Alvin, then, this was the nail in the coffin this was the worst part for, for him being my favorite character and for him to make an audible crunch when he hits the corner when of his, like a when, when waterfall he, yes <laughs> What in the hell? Now, it's worth noting at this point, we haven't mentioned it yet, Tom Hooper, the man who directed this film... Damn you, Tom! ...has directed two other well-known films. The first is The King's Speech, which won the Oscar in 2011, the year before this came out, for the best picture at the Oscar. Interesting. About King George V, I want to say, um, who had a speech impediment and basically rose to the task of becoming the king during World War II. The other movie Tom Hooper is well known for now, most recently, was 2019's December release of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats. Cats. So, I like to think that the Javert crack... It's starting to make sense. ...was the canary in the coal mine that was like, <laughs> Tom Hooper's not a good director! Like, I want it! <laughs> I want it's to. so upsetting. There were so many things in this movie that I was just like, you know what? Fine. It's their artistic vision. Yes. But the crack. Because it's it, this moment where he's falling and he this. Crack. And we see his body just like drifting down the freaking river. And I'm like, why did he break? Bodies don't do that. And it's so upsetting because it's like something you know they made such an effort to go back. They had a Foley artist go back and maybe probably crack some freaking celery. celery. Yeah. <laughs> to simulate the crunch. <laughs> it's, yeah. Anyway, so now we'll, like the movie, uh, it's already been a long episode. We'll skip to, we'll get to the end. Now that Javert is dead, everything that happens now is like a race to the finish line. So basically. Oh my God. Now we have, uh, Valjean uh, brings Marius to live with his grandfather. To live with his grandfather. So now he's back to being rich. You know that whole system and society that he was that, fighting against? Now he's rich. Now he's part work. of it. Cosette and him are going to get married. Yep. Valjean's like, you know what? I've done well. Cool. Awesome. He then tells Marius, like, hey, listen. I want you to know. <laughs> Real quick, I need to drop some shit on you. Uh, uh, I was a convict uh, for my entire life. I'm living under an assumed name. Mm -hmm. uh, I stole, excuse me, I bought Cosette from her dead mother yep. uh, from the innkeepers, yep. and I've been raising her ever since. And I am Jean Valjean. I'm Jean Valjean. Uh, I'm going to go hang out at a monastery until I die. Okay, bye. bye. So then we cut to the wedding. The wedding. Um, and uh, Marius and Cosette are now married. Mm -hmm. Now it's Marius and Cosette. Mon Perry or Mon Perry Mon 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 or uh, I am Marius Pontmercy Pontmercy yeah <laughs> um, like Mary Marie Pont yeah Marie um and at this wedding who shows up but the Tenardiers we're still here back baby wearing the most Tim Burton esque oh god garish and they wear garish costumes in the stage production but it's garish for the time right they're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Sunglasses weren't invented until 1920! <laughs> 90 years from when this takes place! 
Anyway, it's fine. So these two Tim Burton motherfuckers roll on into the wedding. I guess just to cause havoc? Because... So, no, they want money. So they, this, want, they yes. want money, and that's why they're there, but they also want to steal things. Right. So in the stage production, they when they get escorted out, because they're obviously not supposed to be there, to, uh, Mr. Tenardier, Papa Tenardier, gets pushed, and he dumps out all of this, like, silverware and, mm-hmm. like, cutlery and everything that he's been stealing. And, like, it's a good laugh track moment. Yeah. It's silent. Everyone's laughing. But so then he goes up to Marius, and he's like, hey, congrats on the wedding, pretty much. Uh... <laughs> I have a secret for you. Uh, yeah. That man who saved you that night uh, in the sewers because you were zonked out the entire time, turns out it was uh, Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean. And he's just like, nah, you're lying. Couldn't be. And then Tenardier produces the, the, the ring of Mary. Well, he doesn't produce it. He just says, I was there. Found me this fine souvenir. And Mary's oh. like, hey, that's mine. That's mine, you dick. <laughs> Give me that. Steals the ring back. Give me that. Um, and, and so they're like, oh my gosh, Jean Valjean saved my life that night. Let's go say hi to him on our wedding day. Which also, Tenardi does the weird thing where he's like, if you don't pay me, I'm going to tell everyone that this criminal saved you. Which I'm like... And then Marish just beats him up. Which also, <laughs> I'm like, I don't get what the big deal would be. Is like, well, Marius didn't commit any crimes. Okay. Neat. Cool. <laughs> Good to know. Beats him up. And then they're... Beats him up. And then is dragged... Also, there's a really weird... It's in the, on the screen, maybe like a second. But he pushes him into like a closet or this like spare room off to the side uh, where a servant is. And the servant has an orange in his mouth. Well, yeah, his man's gotta eat. But it's like a whole orange is in this... I'll show you when we're done recording. It's very weird. Man's gotta... Um, Eat. I guess. So then basically, yeah, Mary's just like, listen, because we gotta bounce. We gotta go say hello to Jean Valjean now, I guess? I, I got a feeling he's probably gonna die, so let's get And going. so then we cut to, I'm assuming the same monastery he went to at the start of the film. Yes. And he's just in a chair by himself. Singing. Singing with, like, the darkest rings around his eyes. Oh, oh God, he's aged. To indicate... That time, time has passed, passed, and that he is indeed dying. And then basically they're like, thank you so much for saving me. Thank you for raising Cosette. You've been so great. You've really been a man of honor. And Valjean's just like, okay, Plot says I should die now. Ooh, goodbye! But he does it because he's a religious man. He's just like... He, he dies while saying the Our Father, essentially. Yes. And, and then... then when, what I will say is the most beautiful part of the movie... Mm-hmm. Is he dies, and while he is dying, he has kind of like an outer body of experience, you know, experience, Mm -hmm. because he's now dead. And he's watching Amanda and (laughs) crying over his dead corpse, and he hears singing. Well, first he sees Fontaine. Yes. So we know at this point, ah, she is dead. And if he's seeing her... He, he must also be dead, too. And then he also... They open up the door, and just because they have him on... He's around. ...on contract, they're like, Hey, Cole Wilkinson, come be the bishop again. So Valjean looks at Valjean, um, and then he goes to him, and then it cuts to everyone else who died. Do you know who's missing from the epilogue? Javert. Uh, no. The person who is supposed to be... This is so upsetting. Oh, upsetting! Uh-oh. When 
Fontaine starts singing, Come with me, mm-hmm. your chains will never bind you. Mm-hmm. Do you know who else is supposed to be there? Eponine. <sighs> it's supposed to be Eponine and Fontaine guiding him into the afterlife. Oh. Why? And I don't know why. Why they cut that? Because if you listen to any other show, the harmony between Eponine and Fontaine as they're singing that is incredible. It's like oh. goosebumps. But they don't put her there for some unfathomable reason. I'm assuming it's something because it's like, well, everyone knows what Anne Hathaway is, and people really don't know who Samantha Barks is, so let's just have just Anne Hathaway. But, like, why is... Okay, it's fine. Mommy! So then it ends with everyone that's dead singing at the barricade. Which I guess heaven is... There's there's still fighting against the rich in heaven. <laughs> Which is a sad implication for the afterlife. Yeah. So, like... And then tomorrow... Come. Oh, 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 yeah. Tomorrow comes, essentially. Yeah. Um, and that's Les Mis. The end. The end, question mark? No, no, it's no. There's no sequel. <laughs> There's no sequel. It is, in fact, over. Um, Les Mis 2. Tomorrow came. Tomorrow came. And we're still fighting the poor. Yeah. We're still fighting the poor. <laughs> fighting the rich. Um, Adam, would you like to go first? Yeah, so this is a fine film. It's... The thing is, they made this, they're like, let's take this musical and turn it into a movie like a movie. Which doesn't really work because, as you said, it requires loud, expressive voices and big characters. And it requires... An understanding of these characters beyond the face value. And I don't think, other than like Hugh Jackman and maybe Sasha Baron Cohen, did much research into their characters beyond what the director told them to do. I would agree. And it really bugs me. Because this could have been so good. And yeah, Anna Hathaway won... Best Supporting Actress for it. Good for her. And yeah, Hugh Jackman did a pretty decent job. Okay. But as a whole, in terms of movie adaptations of musicals, this is just... Just... It's, it's rough. It's I just I had such high expectations. Yeah. So I what scale will we use? So <laughs> I, I see what you have pulled up I and have I have a, feelings I about have it. I have a proposal. <laughs> oh god. Because this movie deals with poverty. Oh. There's no I so I did some quick googling and I was like there's not necessarily a poverty scale because poverty scales are done by a number of uh, people in your household. Right. So I'm like it's not it wouldn't be that fun to do a poverty scale. I would base this I on wouldn't call it fun, fun. Or, it, anyway. I, like you know you know I'm not going to say I'm going to give this a six person household on the poverty scale. Is which there... we could. So like my current proposal is I was gonna because we're dealing with economics. I was considering doing 
Or d- maybe we could possibly do tax brackets. Let's do tax brackets. I kind of, but this is kind of fun. Interesting, yeah, isn't it? It's a little insensitive. Is it? Uh, but it is. Okay, fine. We won't do. Won't. Don't worry about it, folks. It's the, all good. <laughs> so the tax brackets that you can go for, um, uh, the filing deadline this year, thanks to um, uh, COVID, has been pushed back to July fifteenth. Um, I still need to file. Oh, good. So, the top uh, bracket is 37%, and the lowest is 10%. Yeah, so we'll say, let's say, mm, because we want more money, because everyone always wants more money, Yeah, we're going to say that the 37% is going to be the best. Yes. And that 10% that is, is the worst. Be, yes. So, I'm going to say... So, there are, seven, there are seven layers to this. There are seven levels. In the United States 2019 tax bracket. So I'm going to say Les Mis fits within, right in the middle, the 24% tax mm. bracket. Because this movie has some really good moments, and it also has some really bad moments. And they kind of equal each other out. Because the good does not outweigh the bad, and the bad does not outweigh the good for me. This is a decent film. It's Okay. If you've never seen Les Mis, I would rather show someone in concert and say, imagine this on stage, act it out. Right. But for now, here's the story through the music. Because that's similar to a movie that has come out on Disney Plus today, Hamilton, which we referenced earlier today in our intro. (laughs) Hamilton, like Les Mis, is sung through. There's no dialogue in that show. And if you listen to the album of Hamilton, you've heard of Hamilton. If you listen to the Broadway album of Les Mis, you, you know Les Mis. You've heard Les Mis. So similarly, I would say this is 24%. It's right in the middle. Okay. So you are a single filer making between $84,000 and $160,000 a year. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. So this is tough because... If I'm looking at it in terms of quality of a musical, mm-hmm. it's not good. No. It's a bad adaptation. Yeah. The casting is wrong. Mm-hmm. The musical performances are lame. In most cases. Yeah. With two notable exceptions. Yes. And for a show, which wouldn't be a problem if it wasn't a show that wasn't entirely sung. Yeah. Uh, the music is too quiet. Yep. Musically, it is bad. Yes. If I'm looking at it from a movie perspective, it looks gorgeous, yes. but there are so many things done with cinematography in this movie that are so freaking jarring that really disrupt everything that's happening. The near constant, near every single scene, quick cuts to, you know, just your forehead and your bottom lip is a little much. Um, the how they set certain scenes camera tracking it 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 feels it feels weird and it's like they're doing one shots for the sake and i hate when they do this like in 1914 is that it 1916 in what the movie World War One movie. Oh, 1918. 1918. Sorry, 1917. 1917. Yes. So in 1917, it was all shot in one shot, and that made sense because that fed into the plot. And that made sense. Because you couldn't escape 
what was happening on screen just as you would if you had quick cuts during the movie. Les Miz does a lot of long shots for no reason whatsoever mm-hmm. other than to show you that this person has just been singing this entire time. Which right. leads me to my other problem with the way in which this movie w- was made, which is you do not need to have them sing live for them to have good performances. Nope. And I think this movie is the perfect example of how doing so is at the detriment of the quality of the both performances. If you had Anne Hathaway in a booth singing by herself, and then you had her acting by herself, both would have been 100% quality performances. Instead, we got half-assed from both. Yeah. Except Anne Hathaway. Hers was pretty good, except, like I said, the singing was a little off. Yeah. So I... It's, it's tough because I'm so passionate about this story. It's my favorite musical. Mm-hmm. And that's why it hurts so much to see some of the bullshit that they pulled yeah. in making what was supposed to be the relaunch and like the pinnacle, the Arc de Triomphe of, of musicals for this century. Yeah. So I... <laughs> I fell asleep! Yeah, I was on Facebook Marketplace and unconscious for most of this two and over a half hour movie. Yeah, it's just it's it's too much, and they cut actual content to replace stuff with their own. To me, that is inexcusable. Mm. That is cheating, mm. and you don't get to play around with the source material to that extent while claiming that this is a one to one remake of a stage production. Fair enough. Les Miserables, two thousand twelve. You are in the twelve percent tax bracket. Ooh. You are making nine thousand dollars to thirty-nine thousand dollars a year. Yikes. You fumbled and you broke my heart. Lay Miz is available to stream on no services at this time if you would like to view it. Yeah. Um, however, neither is the twenty-fifth anniversary concert, but I guarantee you it would probably be cheaper to rent. Yeah. Uh, than the actual movie from 2012. So I'd highly recommend watching the 25th anniversary. If you've never seen Les Mis, uh, read the book. Yeah. <laughs> if you have time, because we all have time now. And also yeah. just watch the 25th anniversary concert because you'll get Les Mis the way it was supposed to be presented to you, which is as art yep. and not as visual appeal. Yeah. yeah. So this concludes our episode of Stage Ramp. Uh, like last week, we announced we'd be watching Les Mis this week. Uh, next week... We're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to be watching the 1986 film uh, Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Rick Moranis. And so we'll be changing paces a bit. This will be the oldest musical. Um, going back in time. Going back in time. Oldest movie musical we've been reviewing, or we'll be reviewing. And we will also have our very first guest. Our very first special next guest. Next week, so get excited for that. Uh, if you uh, listen to this podcast on whatever service, give us a good rating. Um, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating. Leave a review. The more ratings and reviews we get, the more likely people are to see this podcast. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. On Instagram. On Snapchat. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, tell your friends about Stage Rant. Really appreciate it. So this has been another episode of Stage Rant. Thanks for joining us.